Okay, so we are officially live uh, this morning with Tom Ellsworth, Adam. We got a lot of things going on today. Dog, today Good we morning. May, we may today try some tequila. Yes? We may. So we talked about last we good. time. Last time we talked yeah. about, you know, we may try the tequila. I've never Tom's tried it before. Alter ego, Tom Zenner. And we got uh, the two different oh, kinds that, that he has. Sam texted yesterday, which one should we get? So let's taste both of them. We got the shot glasses here, and uh, we, we, we may try it and see what happens. What we do know is, uh, uh, Adam, why don't you tell everybody how many glasses of coffee you've had this morning so I've far. had about, uh, this will be my sixth potentially liquid consumption. I've had five cups of coffee already. Five cups I'm of coffee up. this morning. So yeah. you're, you're ready. You're on fire. I don't know why. I usually get, a, I'm a seven-hour, eight-hour sleep guy. I had four last night. I need a double-double You're seven or eight. Seven or eight. I put you like eight to ten. I'll take eight to ten on the weekend. <laughs> I could you? go 12. <laughs> really? If I if, uh, if I'm out if I'm if I'm out drinking Teramana tequila the night before, I don't yeah, know I'm if I've out. ever slept twelve hours. What do you oh, think I am? A, it's a beautiful feeling. Seriously, I don't think the biz dog sleeps. I think you're just doing case studies <laughs> in your. In your no, what, on the, first of all, I've, se- I've seen biz dog sleep many times. I've seen biz dog sleep in meetings. Yeah. In his own strategic way. Oh, he way. fell asleep when we were at your oh, house yeah, yeah. on the couch the other night. Perfect. Stealth. It's called stealth sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know how to do the stealth it's, sleep. Exactly I, right. I, I got to give the biz dog a shout out real quick. Uh oh. We were at your house smoking cigars. This was, what, two, three weeks ago yeah. when all the guys were here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rodolfo yeah. and Jose, and shout out to all those guys, and obviously Zapala. And BizDoc is, is, is nodding off. He's, he's on the couch, and it's probably midnight, and the guy's out. I think he's out. So as a joke, I'm thinking, hey, BizDoc, what do you think about that? Like, obviously thinking he would just be fast asleep and everyone would laugh. The guy's just like, just closed the eyes, just like, well, if you if we multiply the uh, earnings ratio of the of the the quadrant, I'm like that's how he sleeps. Yeah, like the guy was just on point while he was sleeping. He, had the answer. I tried to set the biz doc up for a joke. He he no, he gave it you on an me. answer. He gave you very Respect educated answer. Okay, there you go. So it's like ninjas. Sleep. Ninjas don't sleep because they have yeah. to be ready do, to do, kill you. Yeah. Do you remember uh, last podcast when we talked about the fake? Guys that, that online were commenting on Vitamin, using the Vitamin logo, saying the fact that if you contact us, we're going to get a Bitcoin, Bitcoin and teach them. Yes. So I ended up calling them. Get These fraudsters are everywhere. There's a I lot called of them. Really? Kai and I and Sam and Paul sat there yesterday. We contacted all these different WhatsApp accounts they put. Wow. One of them responded back. He called us. We spoke to him probably five times. He hung up on me five times yesterday. But we finally got him on the call, and eventually he sent a message back after our call. Maybe I'll show what he said at the end to uh, in and the, you in the WhatsApp. It? Record the whole thing. We yeah, had the whole video. I'm excited to see this. Yeah, yeah. I know we had the whole video. This. this is exciting. Yeah, so that was uh, that was a pretty interesting exercise that I think everybody needs to kind of see because Hell a yeah. lot of that taking place. And yesterday I watched a video that uh, has been circulating. The video with the uh, the uh, first lieutenant uh, uh, army uh, soldier. Who had the cops? Uh, you just have to see this. So the guy who gets pepper sprayed by the, the cops. Guy who so gets soldier, cop, yeah, pepper sprayed cop by the Exactly. Up, pepper man. sprayed by the cop. I watched the whole thing last night. It's 31, yeah. 32 minutes, and it's pretty sad. Maybe we'll cover that as well here today. It's disturbing. It's it is very disturbing. So let's talk about the topics that we got. Mm-hmm. United Airlines hits back at pilot training diversity criticism. We'll get into that. Bitcoin hits a trillion dollar market cap three and a half times faster than Apple and two times faster than Amazon. Americans invested more in the past five months in the, than in the last 12 years. We have to, matter of fact, why don't we start off with that, uh, Adam, so we can get that knocked sure. out of the way. Bernie Madoff, Wall Street financier and Ponzi scheme organizer, died at 82 years old yesterday. Tesla CFO is the latest tech executive to buy a home in Texas. JP Morgan profit surges as bank releases cash set aside for bad loans. SoftBank 
uh, uh, backed grab agrees to deal to go to public and world largest SPAC merger ever. Coinbase CEO says, ready, folks, regulation is one of the biggest threats to crypto. You've been talking about that. I've been nonstop. saying this for years. Yipper. Dogecoin surges more than 85% in 24 hours. The Winklevoss brothers, the twins, how they went from losing Facebook, which they didn't really lose Facebook, to making trillions of dollars with Bitcoin and NFT. The article says trillions. Obviously, they didn't make trillions, but that's what the article's headline is. Amazon posts its first $100 billion quarter. This is Q4. I think it was like $125 billion. We'll talk about that. The Kenosha police officer who shot Jacob Blake in the back has returned to active duty without any discipline or being charged. Minnesota police officer who shot and killed Dante Wright. Uh, Dante Wright has resigned. The police chief has also stepped down. Black Army officer pepper sprayed in traffic stop accuses officers of assault. We'll discuss that, maybe even show the video. U.S. seeks to pause J&J, Johnson & Johnson, COVID-19 vaccine, use after rare blood clot cases. And uh, Fauci said we're putting this on the pause for now. Biden to announce withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan by 9-11, September 11th. Chinese fighters uh, jets will fly over Taiwan to declare sovereignty, state media says. A real cool story about uh, uh, Julius Randle with uh, Kobe Bryant and the Knicks. Really, really cool story. And then uh, maybe we'll get into a story with Adam's uh, fascination of Elon Musk's girlfriend, oh my Grimes. Oh, we have to. Shares a topless video of her alien back tattoo and details very elaborate design process. This, is, this might be the number one story in the world. This I may think. be the number one story for you maybe in the world. Maybe in, yeah. in the galaxy. I can t- in this galaxy. <laughs> in the entire <laughs> galaxy. In the entire okay. galaxy. Okay. All right. So let's start off with Americans invested more money in the past five months than they did in the last 12 years. This is a fortune story. Over the past five months, over a half a trillion dollars has flowed into equity funds, according to a report from Bank of America that's more than, that's more than the past 12 years combined. There are a number of reasons for the surge in investments. Individual investors have been especially active as stocks like GameStop, AMC, have been have seen big surges this year thanks to Reddit's Wall Street Bets community. And overall optimism about the pandemic has been on the rise since early November 2020 when Pfizer first reported that trials on COVID-19 vaccine showed it was uh, 90% effective. The market themselves have, have been uh, helping spur investment enthusiasm as well. The S&P is now up 17% in the past five months. NASDAQ Composite is up 27%. The Dow Jones is up 27%. Approximately $569 billion has gone to global equity since November in the previous 12 months combined, the total was just $452 billion. Thoughts? Yeah, the the, um, the numbers are here. We're going to have to break down some of these numbers. But just put yourself in the shoes of the common investor, right? Especially younger people who you're sitting at home. You're getting stimulus check after stimulus check after stimulus check. There's been, what, three rounds of stimulus checks. And there's been, what, $5 trillion pumped into the, into the U.S. economy. Yep. Printed. I learned digitally, not even necessarily real um, hard cash. And you're sitting at home. You got nowhere to go. You got nothing to do. Some people are going to maybe fix up their houses. But if you're a renter, if you're just like looking to get involved in the market, where else are you going to go? So uh, traditionally, 55% of Americans have invested in the stock market. 80% of Americans have debt. So they're looking at the, 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 the key to this article is over the last five months versus the last 12, 12 years. years. Yeah. Five months it's a big, versus 12 years. That's right. So It's $140 billion more in the last five months insane. than the last 12 People years. People don't understand how much a trillion is. People don't understand how much a trillion is. I actually, I actually ironically spoke with Ted Koppel one time after a 
Nauba event, ironically. And he started talking about the word, the trillion. He said, and he gave the analogy, if you go into, if you went into business with Jesus, your boy, your main man, if you went into business with Jesus 2020 something years ago, and you guys made a million dollars a day, a million dollars a day, you wouldn't even made a trillion dollars. Do, do some quick math for me. 220 times a million is what? 220 million or yeah. 200? Well, we say if you made a million dollars a day for the a million last thousand, a day for the last, years. Yeah, what is that number? Well, no, you got to do a million a day times yes. 365, okay. which is 365 million. 365 million times 2,000, I think it's a trillion. A little under a trillion. Let, point, point that I'm getting at. Yeah. Do, do some fact checking. Call out Ted Koppel right now, Yeah, everybody. no, Ted Koppel's smart. Point is, if you went into business with Jesus, you made a million bucks a day for the last 2,000 years, it wouldn't even be a trillion. So, did you got some math for me? He's actually right, 730 billion. Okay, that's my point. <laughs> 730, so if you wow. and Jesus get into business, a million you're printing day, money, million bucks. Every day, 730 okay. billion. So you don't even make a trillion. So now you're talking about infusing five freaking trillion dollars into the economy, and you're just sitting at home, nothing to do. You hear things like, buy the dip, because clearly it dipped a year ago, and now the market's making a comeback. Yep. You know, bonds are paying nothing. Cash is paying nothing. Um, the So what else are you going to do with your money? You have Elon Musk. I think half of all people invested their money based on an Elon Musk tweet. Like all these ridiculous stats. Here's the challenge, though, because obviously I'm a big fan of the stock market. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's awesome. But we're talking over the last five months. So all these new investors potentially know is up. Yep. That All they know is the rocket ship that's been going to the moon. What happens when the bubble bursts and... You know the market goes down. What, do you what think, happens Tom? to these investments? Well, I think the average, so the average consumer, the average Joe in the street, middle class, is now seeing, hey, I can join the party, and there's a lot of buzz. Come join the party. The water's fine. The the market's up, and they've got Reddit, and it's happening to them on mainstream, uh, mm -hmm. main street bets, but also stocks. in the mainstream social media is hitting them on Facebook. It's hitting them at Robinhood. Oh, Robinhood, it's so easy. Just click here, click here, click here. Open yourself a little account. So I think there's a number one. There's a lot of buzz. Number two, there's enablers making it easy. They can just open up a Robinhood account and they can do it, connect mm -hmm. to their checking account, bang, done. It did not used to be that easy even to open a Mercury account. Remember that? It was not easy just to move even 500 bucks to start that. So now it's very easy. There's a lot of enablers. There's a lot of buzz going out there and people have the perception that it's up, up, up and they don't realize the ups and downs. And you know, they're, they've got time on their hands. And I also think what's happening, investment is, I think, a reaction to what they saw happening. So I'm wondering if also in middle-class America, they're thinking, maybe I do need to think a little bit for myself here and do a little bit of this. Because last year, my cousin was in real estate. That sucked. My other cousin was in with cruise ships. That was terrible. You yeah. know, I, I, think that there's, I think that there's also some like, maybe I need to do something here. But a lot of enablers and a lot of buzz. You, you know, you know uh, one time I read a book called Ageless Man. Okay, ageless man. So this guy was a pro-steroids guy. Pretty crazy story I'm about to tell you right pro now. Pro-steroids. Pro-steroids guy. It's a hardcore okay. steroids guy. It's like, listen, you got to take steroids. Like, I got to take steroids. I'm telling you. <laughs> As you age, you got to take steroids. But before you take it, read this book, Ageless Man. So yeah. I go buy this book and I start reading it, Ageless Man. And his argument was, based on studies they did on rats or whatever, you know, the, it's real, like, studies they did on it in the book. I mean, he could be making it up, but in the book I'm reading it that they did studies that... Folks whose testosterone level drops, you die younger than those whose testosterone level is higher, okay? 
So you're looking at it like, okay, Grange, oh, well, this person does steroids, that person does growth hormone, this person does this, and nowadays there's the movement of doing what? TRT and taking a little bit of, uh, you know, GH. Not the real big, you know, the whole GH, but slight GH, right? Okay, who's right on the argument? Okay, are the arguments towards steroids are good or steroids are bad? Historically, we've been told steroids are what? Bad, bad for you, right? Growth hormone is what? Bad for you. In some cases, growth hormones worked for many kids. In some cases, steroids have worked for older people. A lot of times you'll see a 75-year-old saying, hey, what happened to you? I just went to the doctor today. They gave me a shot of what? Steroid. A steroid shot. What steroid shot? Right? Okay. You're going to see where I'm going with this. Um, you know, the, the consequences of being raised in a great community or bad community, the, the, the price of going to private school Kids become drug addicts more at private schools than they do public schools. All these different data that we get, right? Hey, you know, mm -hmm. if you spoil them, if you love them too much, if you discipline them too much, the side effects of this. Okay. We have no clue what the side effects are of giving people $5 trillion <laughs> of funding. We don't know. There right. is no market research on this. We can't go look at anywhere and say, here's what happens. So everything we're experiencing today is out of whack. You don't know what your body's reacting to today. So you can't sit there and say, this is real, this is fake, this is this. So I'll tell to people, this is fake money. So give the argument, this is fake money. They'll say, well, you know, according to uh, what we're looking at right now, nothing is showing the fact that printing money and putting money into the economy is a bad thing. Nothing. Some experts will even say that. Well, okay, so if that's the case, why don't we keep giving everybody a trillion dollars every six months? If it's so great, give everybody a trillion dollars every six months. Let's just fund it and see what happens. Forget about people working. Let's just keep giving people money. They're going to invest into the stock market. So if they invest into the stock market, who's going to work at Amazon for $45,000 a year if we're giving them money? Who's going to have a job? So there has to be a part where people realize fake kind of success like this, where people invest more in five months than 12 years, you can... In the world of sales, like I run a sales company, if one of your guys all of a sudden is used to doing, pick a number, $100,000 a month, and for the last three years, he's always at $100,000 a month, and he grows every year at a rate of 12%. So it's nothing crazy. He grows at 6 to 12%, the sales guy. He used to do 100000 now he's doing 110000 now he's doing 120000 a month, but it's generally around the $100,000 number. All of a sudden, he goes from 100000 like, if you're talking about five months, mm -hmm. 12 years, that's what? That's 24 times, 25 times more if you really break it down per month, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you take down $569 billion, let's, let's actually do the math on this. Kai, do me a favor and divide 452, divide that by uh, 120 months. Divide that by 120 months. Okay, I'm going to do 569 divided by five months. How much? 452 divided by 120 months. Actually, 12 times 12, 144 months. Okay, here's, here's the crazy number. How much? 3.1. Here's the crazy number. You ready? Mm -hmm. This is the number. It says $569 billion have gone into equities in the last how many months? Five months. You divide it by five, what's the number? 113.8. Okay? You, then it says what? $452 billion in the last what? 12 years. How many months in a year? 12. 12 times 12 is what? 144. You take $452 billion and you divide it by 144 on how much went into equities every month? 3.1. We went from $3.1 billion a month to talking about $113.8 bill. So, so if you actually break that down, that's like a sales guy going from doing $100,000 a month 
Let's do 113 divided by three is what? That's like a guy going from doing $100,000 a month to all of a sudden he's doing $3.7 million a month. It's crazy. That was, that's yeah. crazy. So you can't just sit, oh my gosh, he's killing it. Great job. What a fantastic job. He must be doing good. You have to be naive if you don't investigate it and say, what the hell is going on here? There's got to be some. So there's two reactions to it. There's almost, do you notice a level of panic with people like, oh my gosh, I better make get my hands on the money that's being made, uh, Coinbase, uh, well, Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, Bitcoin, NFT. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's like, it's like this, this anxiety it's creating in everybody. For sure. Okay. Right. You know what that's going to do? That same anxiety and rush when you take drugs, when you take too much coffee, when you drink too much alcohol, mm -hmm. when you are too much and you get off, you know what happens? It's called the crash. Yep. Now, forget the market crash. It's called a crash. Within yourself, right. yourself. How is, how is crash feel after you have 12 glasses of, you know, uh, 12 cups of coffee? How is crash feel after you get off some kind of drugs or alcohol? What's the yeah. crash feel like? And I'm talking about like a heavy-duty crash. I'm right. not talking about like a, you know, uh, uh, a light crash. I'm talking about like a real crash. Yep. It's extreme. You're like, you're lethargic. You can't even get out. My concern is... The crash is going to create the kind of lethargic that we've not seen before. I hope I'm wrong, but there is no mathematical evidence that this works. I can't get it. There is no mathematical evidence that this is good to sit there and say, mm -hmm. fantastic. How awesome is it? You know, your kid is used to getting seven hours of sleep. All of a sudden, your kid is going on two hours of sleep for two straight weeks, and you sit there and you don't do anything with it. You think it's normal? You have issues. Right. If your kid is going out there and you're like, wait, what, what, what's going on? The other night, Tico, great, crazy story. Tico never goes to sleep early, ever. To the other one, it's like, uh, I'm going to go to bed early. I'm like, what? So I'm going to bed early. Like, you're not going to bed early. So no, I just want to go to bed early. I'm tired. So I go to Jen. Jen's like, babe, Tico never goes to bed early. Is something okay with him? I said, I don't know. Let me go see. I go to his room, okay? He's under his sheets, okay? He's nine, so he's not under his sheets at 14. He's under his sheets at nine, okay? <laughs> so I look to see what he's up to. He's got the iPad under his sheets. I'm like, okay, you don't wonder you're going to bed early. You don't ever go to bed early. He figured out a way to get that iPad upstairs, and he's playing a little bit of video games. Because I had to get the last, uh, what do you call it when the game, you got to get a screen, not a, 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 a um, skin. I had to get that skin. I said, what is a skin? He says, it's like an NFT. I have to get that skin for this game. I'm like, you literally went and took the iPad, came upstairs? He says, yeah. So you have to study trends. There is something very suspicious about the way the numbers are growing, and people cannot sit there and say, this is real. You better have some puts. You better have some defensive strategy here. You mm. better be ready that if the market hits and shit hits the fan, what is defensive? What is defensive? Okay, defensive is goal. Defensive is the complete opposite of what everybody else is doing today. You just got to be ready today because this, to me, doesn't feel real. Anyways, no, I could I, be wrong. I'm speculating. But none of this stuff makes any sense to me. Well, number one, kudos uh, to Tico for, for going to bed early. Number two, um, by the way, we all just got a glimpse of Pat's beautiful mind when it comes to math. That was freaking ridiculous. I'm still trying to, like, put... 100 billion it's into basic a calculator. Math. Nothing I did was calculus. That was kind of ridiculous. I bet that that out of 500 million. No, no, no. It's just, no, no. He, 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 it's called the perspective effect. No, I know. You're a rocket scientist. So for us, you know, regular folk I'm out the there. I'm the son of a rocket impressed. scientist. That's right. Son of a rocket scientist. Literally. Son of a rocket scientist. But um, my major point here is this. And you brought up a great point. There's so much stuff going on right now. Coinbase IPO and the SPAC and the NFTs mm -hmm. and the market's up and the fight. It's just like. What you need to do if you're home listening 
is just find your center of gravity yeah. and not compare yourself to everyone else that's doing all this and the Winklevoss twins uh, are making 10 trillion dollars and the guy down the street, my Uber driver, he's now a crypto billionaire. It's like, just figure out your situation. You know, like we talked about last time, you know, crazy l numbers of people are paying off debt. That's awesome, right? Pay off your debt, save that money, start getting invested, but have, you know, defense in place and just find your center of gravity because there's so much nonsense going out there. It's so easy to get swept up with all the chaos and the momentum that's going on. That like you said, the crash is inevitable, whether it's within yourself or whether it's the market and just find your balance so you're well, not... What you just said, there's up. only evidence of the front half. To Pat's point, there's no evidence of the back half about the responsibility, setting aside what you've earned on the um, investments and, and being responsible and prepared for the dark side. There's plenty of evidence of what we just talked about on the front side. Wow, I got some money, some stimulus check. And what was it uh, two weeks ago? Government said that uh, millennials and uh, some of the um, older Zs were actually investing their stimulus checks, mm -hmm. you know, because they still had their job. And it was a white collar job. It was an industry wasn't very much affected. They still had their job so that they, well, guess what? Here's some free money for the government. You know what? used to get a free toaster when you opened up a, a checking account at SunTrust Bank in mm -hmm. Miami. Now they put, now this is like the government saying, well, here's a brokerage account and here's almost $2,000. Yep. Go for it. And you brought up a good point. The gamification of stocks with Robinhood. Yeah, you know, you're someone the, says happy the, birthday on your iPhone and you get all the confetti or congratulations. Yeah, exactly. Have you noticed that Robinhood, I went in and I checked it out. Robinhood, it does that. You have all this really? stuff. It's a, Yeah. Yeah. Anybody seen Robin Hood that when you make a uh, uh, a trade or something on Robin Hood, they give you there's this the screen effect. And so it's almost like they've turned something that's very serious that requires mm -hmm. a level of caution into what feels like a game. Yeah. And nice. with some of Uncle Sam's money that was free. So so, you know, the whole thing with uh, hey, save your money, save your money, save your money. Cash is king. Cash is king. Cash save is that king. money. Yeah. Uh, no, of course. Save yeah. that money. Cash is king. And I'm a big proponent of that. Yeah. But I'm also not for right now. Uh, uh, I'm also even for the 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 investor that's a smaller investor. You put a little bit of in, in in stuff that cannot be reprinted. You know, mm -hmm. in the last couple of years, I've put I don't know nearly five million dollars into cards. Okay. Yeah. You're, I mean, the, what I you've mean, done you with see, cards everyday is cards are coming yeah. over here, right? Nearly. And not just baseball cards, not just basketball oh, cards. You no, have Elvis and Marilyn no, Monroe. No, no. I got and Cary Grant. And I, it's crazy I got the most have. crazy cards that come in. Yeah, here, right? no, two, weeks, two weeks ago, we had all the uh, all the fifties, the glamour golden yeah. years of Hollywood. Yep. That's a yep. Sinatra card. Yesterday, I got some very weird cards that came in, but I set them aside. Right? Why? It cannot be reprinted, mm -hmm. folks. Pay very close attention to whatever can be reprinted at any point. Decision made by the government. That's your competitor. Your competitor says, I'm going to reprint money. That's pathetic if you can reprint money. It's like saying anybody can reprint the 1986 Fleer Michael Jordan. And, hey, Fleer says, we're going to reprint 10 million of the cards. Out of those 10 million out of cards, right now there's only 315 of them, give or take, uh, right. uh, graded PSA 10. You get 3,100 of them graded uh, PSA 10. That card goes from $350,000 card, $400,000 card to $50,000 card. So it's the reason why Ken Griffey's card, rookie, upper deck, 1989, is now worth $300,000 because there is a couple thousand of them PSA 10. It doesn't carry the same weight. Whatever that can, gold cannot be reprinted. Cards cannot be reprinted. 
unique art cannot be reprinted. We read this with the article the other day from Bank of America, the Merrill Lynch guy. Remember the yep. Merrill Lynch guy yep, that yep, we read yep. about? Start paying literal attention to that because it cannot be reprinted. Coastal real estate. You got to be very coast, <laughs> coastal real estate. Land. Yes, I agree. I totally High agree. demand land. Anyways, hey, a uh, couple things. If you agree with what you just heard, with the fact that we have no clue what the hell is going on, put thumbs up. <laughs> if you say, no, we know what's going on, market's going to keep going up, and you're that optimistic, smash that thumbs down button. I'm okay with it. But I'm going to tell you this here. This tequila is looking really good right now at this point because we can't figure nothing out. Well, when the live hits 3,500, I will have a shot of tequila. Oh. If it hits 4,000, I'll have one of each. But at 35, I'm only doing If it hits 5,000, we're going to chug the bottle. What do you think? <laughs> Let's five, go for it, y'all. If it hits 5,000, we'll do crazy. three of them. It's Here we go. And I got conference calls today. Yes. Kenny was like, how you doing? I'm doing I'm great. It's negotiation. You know what? It's okay. <laughs> we're doing this deal. Speaking so, of coastal real estate, real quick, yeah. I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners know we're in Florida now. We're in Boca Raton, Florida. Um, and Pat just did an awesome video. Are you supposed to say it that way? Yeah, of course. Um, the video. Why you you, you messed me up here, buddy. The video. I thought it was uh, Boca Raton. I'm Boca over Raton. in Boca. Me, and, me and Irving are down from Brooklyn. We're here for the winter. Was that a guy or wow. a girl's voice? No, that was wow. a that was a uh, that was. Was that Mort from Family Guy? Was no, that? no, that was that was like a, a uh, woman, an aunt who smokes a okay. little bit. Okay, very nice, very nice. Tell us. Uh, but you did a video called "Why I Moved to Florida." Yep. What inspired that video for you to finally do that? Because I moved to Florida. Well, we know that, sir. So I, but what inspired you, it is hundreds of, the, of messages, yeah. thousands of messages asking me, are you in Florida? Did you move to Florida? Yeah. Why are you in Florida? Why'd you move to Florida? Why'd you leave Texas? Why'd you move to Florida? Why'd you? So I said, let me just do the video. By the way, 99% yeah. of videos I make is an answer and respond to a question. Oh. Whoever asked the same question 100 times, 200 times, I eventually will make it most of the time. I feel I will, like we should ask the audience the number one question right now. Whatever it would the be. The next video it's, would it's be. It's great. I would, I make, I make, great. So when people ask me, what are the rules to money? Just watch this video. What well, do you, how do you handle this you culture? You go. So anyways. He talked about that. Remember he said, you know, if uh, California and Florida had a bottle of... Uh, tequila and got uh, crazy. And, you know, if uh, California and Texas had a bottle of Terramana yeah. and unprotected sex, the yeah. result would be well, Maybe Florida. we play a game just called Just a Tip. I don't know. We, may, we might want to do that. It's just a fun little game. Who knows? Might just happen. People didn't get that. No, part. It's a that's pressure. a legendary. Yeah. Actually, I think that's a really good quote you did, by Hafiz Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Yeah, he's the no, I think it's. I think what you brought up was good. If California and Texas had, had a, a baby, baby, you know, and we should do a whole podcast on if the states boinked, and so pick two states. Like if Iowa and Illinois boinked, what would you get? Hmm, West Virginia. You know, you could do. A, yeah. What if New York and California had a baby? Oh gosh, France! It would be a troubled, it'd be a troubled <laughs> it child. Be, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go to the United Airlines story. I don't know why we haven't touched the story for the last three weeks. I say we get into it. Kai, let's if you want to pull it up on the screen so people can see it, United Airlines hits back at pilot training diversity, and here's what they had to say. This is a simple flying article. Okay. Last week, United Airlines shared that it has helped uh, pledge $1.2 million in scholarship fees to ensure its pilot training school is more diverse. Overall, the United uh, Aviate Academy will train 5,000 new pilots by 2030 with the goal of to have at least 50% of the new students be women or people of color. However, this announcement was met with a mixed reaction to which the Chicago-based carrier has not responded. Some people voice that the race and gender shouldn't be a factor in hiring policy. They express that qualification should be the key factor. United shared the following on Twitter to clarify the hiring policy. All the highly qualified candidates we accept into the academy, regardless of race or sex, will have met or exceeded the standards we set for 
admittance. Tom, I'm going to go to you first with this one because I got strong opinions on this one. Go I got ahead. a very strong opinion on this because there are upstream problems or downstream problems. And conservatives like me tend to go upstream. And I, unfortunately, a lot of my liberal friends tend to do downstream. Here's an upstream and downstream problem. So I'll do metaphor quick. There's a polluted stream. Okay, so we're standing at the end of a polluted stream and the liberal friend says we need a multi-trillion dollar filter to clean the stream and you're going to pay for it over here. Whereas the conservative goes, wait a minute, why don't we go upstream and find out what's putting the pollution in there? And you find a campsite and you find other things putting crap in the water. So you say, well, let's stop that. And I think this is an upstream downstream problem. The downstream isn't like in the hiring office that you should be hiring, you know, people that are not as qualified just so you can meet some sort of quota on diversity. I want to say, how do we go upstream and enable more people of color and diverse backgrounds to get into flight school when they're 20 years old? How do we make it attractive, um, you know, career so people thinking about it can get into flight school? So at the end of the day, people with five years of flight school experience and they got their, their license and multi-engine they've gone through this whole thing and now we have a natural diversity because there's a bunch of qualified people from all kinds of backgrounds because we go upstream and we attract them i'm not big on downstream problems like this it says at the end of the day you have to make certain compromises and i don't think air safety is the place to do it should we have more people of color and women in the cockpit <laughs> yes but let's go upstream and make it attractive for them to go get educated and they'll compete for the job like everybody else and they'll be great qualified pilots of all kinds of backgrounds that the average person can feel perfectly great about whoever's flying their plane. Interesting, interesting analogy. Well Adam, said, what do you Tom. think? Uh, the whole time he's talking about upstream and downstream, I'm just thinking of Tom Sawyer, Tom with his uh, just doing his thing. That's yeah. his, that was always on my wow, mind. Very I don't know, that's where I was going there. there. Don't so, mess with me, I'm on a roll. Uh, you're on a roll. So here's where I'm going with this, because I did an episode a couple months ago called The NASDAQ's Gone Woke. And um, Ariana Friedman, I believe is her name, is the president of the NASDAQ. And she's basically implementing all these rules within the NASDAQ about diversity and inclusion and how many board members have to be female or you know of a certain color. And for the most part, she was implementing this throughout the NASDAQ. And it was sort of met with, for the most part, good reviews. Okay. And whether, you know, so I, basically here's my point. I'm all for inclusion and diversity and when the nasdaq nasdaq went woke i was you know kind of with that here's the flip side of that i'm all for that until you know i'm flying on a plane the only freaking thing i care about is getting to where i'm going safely this is the one time where i'm just like yo i don't give a shit if there's ten thousand white guys and they're all pilots i could care less about diversity if they all just get me to where i'm going safely this is the one time where this is this this whole attack on, you know, white people for the most part. I just can't play that game with um, with flying. Just because flying, I mean, look how many plane crashes have happened over the last five years. Like I don't remember a time other than 9/11 when planes were just going down. Boeing, how many? Have you ever done a case study on Boeing? What's happening with them? I, I actually did a, a, a beer and business uh, conversation with Phil Condit, the ex-CEO of Boeing. Of course you did. And he you talked about the 737 MAX in that. So to me, scaring flying oh, is wait, scary What I'm saying enough. is that was an aircraft issue. Okay. That was a bad design, and they had that... that uh, There's issues that's going yeah, yeah. on. I mean, the yeah, Malaysian software, pilot and, certain and conditions. whatever. And the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, mm -hmm. So, but safe, uh, flying, especially these days, is such a concern, and I there's... You see grown men in planes that just are like scared to fly. The number one thing is making sure the pilots and the planes are safe 
This is not the place to start playing the woke game. BBD. So, okay, so let's talk about this. First of all, uh, the statement is made saying what? That the fact that um, uh, 50% are going to be, new students are going to be uh, women or people of color, right? Okay. Do you know what percentage of Americans are black African-Americans? Probably 13%. 13.4% is the 13 number. to 16 or okay. 20 years. 13.4%, yeah. which yeah. means yeah. United Airlines is essentially becoming racist against whites to not, ra- not hire whites. If you're going to go, this is a mathematical conversation. Go, like, go, go down I'm going to go deeper for yeah. you. This is a mathematical conversation they're having here. It's pure math for me, okay? Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing for you. Uh, what percent of OBGYN is men and women 10 years ago? What percentage of OBGYN is men or women 10 years ago? Uh, the last time I went to an OBGYN. What do you I think? I mean, born. I'm just asking uh, you. What do you think? I would say though? 80% men. You think 80% men? What do you think? I thought, I, I would think, you say 10 years ago? 10 years ago. I would say 10 years ago was probably 90% men still. Okay. It was 57% men. Today wow. it's 55% women. Okay. Oh, okay. But it used to be men before. Now it's women. Okay. Flipped a little bit. Flipped a little bit. It is what it is. Okay. Nurses. Nurses. What percentage of nurses, according to U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, are men today? What percentage of nurses are men today? Male. What percentage? Like a male nurse. 30%? Male nurse. Like a Gaylord Falker? Yeah. What Um, percentage are nurses? I'm going to go with 30. 30. What do you think? According, by the way, pull it up. What percentage are men? What do you think it is? I would say 10, 20 years ago, I would say 80, 20, female to male. I would say it's closer to 60, 40 now. Watch the number here. Pull it up. According to a lip, 12% are okay. men today. We're not even, none of us are even. Only 12% are men today, yeah. okay. nurses. Are we going out there saying this is racist? This is sexist? Why are only 12% men? And by the mm-hmm. way, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, it was only 2.7%. I think okay. it says 1970 was 2.7%, right? So, so, so the point is, this is not about... You ever force somebody to do something? What happens to them when you force someone to do something? Do they like it? Do people like force? No, not at all. They don't like it. United Airlines trying to force people to want to be pilots. Dude, I don't want to be a pilot. No. Well, what, if, what if I'm a woman and I don't want to be a pilot? It's force. It's mathematically not the right direction to go. And quite frankly, to me, United Airlines is being racist against people. This is not, you cannot win in this argument. Mm-hmm. There is no winning in this argument. There's no way you can win in an argument like this. You sit there and say, hey, you know, I noticed uh, your friends, uh, the percentage of your friends, not enough of them are, uh, are uh, uh, white and not enough of them are Asian. And not in- When I grew up, 100% of my friends were Armenian. What does that make me, racist? When I went into the Army and I was at the 101st Airborne Divisionary Assault, guess what? 80% of them were white. And 19% were black, and then it was, you know, you, you put a little Latino in there, but you pretty much, so majority were white, then it's blacks, then it's Latinos, then it's Asians and the rest. Mm-hmm. So what, is the military's racist? So it, 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 you cannot have the same thing be the case in every single industry. It's a couple things you look at here. Now, let's flip it. Let's flip and Let's just say I did a video the other day for the Armenian community. And the Armenian community video that I did, I called out parents. I call that Armenian parents is what I did, flat out. I said, Armenian parents I'm talking to, and I spoke in Armenian. And I rarely do this. I don't do Armenian videos. So they said, can you please speak in Armenian? Because people wonder if you speak Armenian or not. I said, I speak a little bit Armenian, but it's street Armenian. I don't speak like Armenian, proper Armenian. So I spoke to Armenian. I can said, we get a sample? I'd love to hear I you. said, I'd like, to, I'd like to speak to the parents. And then I said, I, uh, you know, mama, papa, I want to talk to you guys about what you're doing with your cool. kids today, raising them, right? Got it. I said, stop telling your kids 
that unless they become doctors, lawyers, dentists, attorneys, they're not successful. Stop oh. saying that to your kids. There you go. Stop saying that they have to be a doctor, lawyer, dentist, mm-hmm. okay? You know what it does? It creates the pressure for the kid to be a what? Something he doesn't want to be. I had a guy, uh, a girl at UCLA Medical Center. She was, what do you call the doctor? That's for I. What's the uh, opto- ophthalmologist? Ophthalmologist. So she sits there. Persian girl. Beautiful girl. I said, well, how long have you been doing this for? 15 years. How do you like your job? She said, can I close the door? I said, yeah, sure. She closed the door. I hate my job. Hmm. What, then why have you been doing it for 15 years? Because I make too much money that I can't leave. Why'd you become an ophthalmologist? To make my, my parents, parents happy. happy. Oh, yeah. To make my parents happy. I am miserable. She went on a 10-minute rant. I was doing an executive health stuff that this guy recommended me to do at UCLA. Tom, she went on a 10-minute rant about how much she hates my job. And then she says, let me check your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> how are your eyes, by After the way? she said, it is what it is. It depends on the <laughs> I day. I can't see nothing okay, right So, so, so the point is to force yeah. people to do something they don't want to do. Flip it. Let me go now the other side of the argument. Okay, so take any nationality. Any nationality. Like when I talk to the Jewish community, I'm like, why do Jewish folks typically, you know, they get judged for doing well financially? Oh, because you guys are cheap. What does that really mean when you say Jews are cheap? What, what do you mean by Jewish people are cheap? Mm-hmm. Why are you guys cheap? Why this, uh, Is it in your blood? Is your blood DNA like a type uh, C? And it's what, uh, cheap? Is that what the, is the blood type is? Or is it because when you were raised in a church, in a, you know, whatever you went, synagogue, synagogue your yeah. family, the thing is, save your money. Do this. Be frugal. Maybe the values that were taught that you were growing up had to do with that, right? Okay. Maybe the Middle Eastern community has to encourage more entrepreneurship. Maybe the black African-American mm-hmm. community, they need to teach folks to want to go into business more. I don't know. Maybe become like I was in Chicago one time doing an event at Ritz-Carlton, and I walked in. No joke. I walked in. 2,000 sharp black African-American kids, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, mm-hmm. okay, looking like a million bucks, guys and girls. I said, what's going on over here? We are part of this uh, uh, lawyer, whatever, future lawyers, uh, black lawyers of America. I said, you got to be kidding me. No. Look at Where money. did the inspiration come for this? Barack Obama. Get out of here. Fantastic. Oh. I love that because yeah. that is like you're encouraging to go out and want to become lawyers. There you go. Are people waking up saying, hey, son, I want you to grow up and be a pilot. No one says go be a pilot. A kid becomes a pilot because almost every person that's a pilot, they're a pilot because their parent was a pilot or mm-hmm. because they're like, I love playing with these planes, and what if yeah. one day you don't force somebody to become a pilot? They choose to become a pilot. So this is a publicity stunt that makes them look like fools is what it does for United Airlines to make a comment like that, that here's what we're going to do moving mm-hmm. forward. Go study math and study data. It doesn't work in your favor, and it's quite offensive when you say here's what we're going to do moving forward. How about the rest of us? How about the rest of us when you say something like that? No, I, don't, I don't like their marketing approach they took and quite frankly it's just to try to get some people to say oh they are very diverse today and they're willing to work with everybody they don't work too well for me but there's something that really had me revved up uh recently is um bailey's thinking about colleges looking around and doing her research and she's looking at yale she's looking at penn she's looking at vanderbilt and things like this she's got the grades and i'm like you study what you want to study so we can do a whole discussion about that i'm not directing her one way or the other i'm just saying whatever you study in college make it useful i'm not going to pay for you to go to france and study you know the history of art you know i I don't know what you would do with that if you really want to do that we can talk but we, we stumbled onto this pbd very very interesting yale was suddenly you know, she's 
studying, uh, she Googles uh, Yale admissions. There's this massive lawsuit where Caucasians and Asians were saying that Yale was so horribly overcompensating that they were actually discriminating against Caucasians and Asians having anything close to a fair shot to get into the school. And so they took them to court. Mm-hmm. Yale on the, you can't prove that we did it. You can't prove that we really conspired among the admissions committee. There's no emails. There's nothing. You can't prove we conspired. And they said, what are you talking about? Look at look at these people that got in. Look at the diversity of that. Look who didn't get in. And let's go look at test scores. And let's look at, you know, capabilities and achievement. Now, there's a place for scholarship. And there's a place to get people to step up. But what they don't want to talk about is that, a lot of these kids that were that got in so that Yale could say, we are so diverse, we are wondering. So Yale gets the marketing, right? Yale gets social pressure off their back because, hey, we're, we're being diverse. And guess what happens? A higher percent of those kids are flunking out at the end of sophomore year with big student loans because Yale's not cheap and they were not there on 100% scholarships. Get it? So now Yale gets the merit badge, but you actually do somebody a non-favor at times when you open it's, doors it's like pressure. this. It's pressure. It's pressure to act like you are all-inclusive, and it backfires on you because you piss somebody off. Look, uh, in, in our company— I'm saying it backfires on some of these people that of, were admitted. Of course it these does. These poor people now have look, giant student look, loans. Look at our company. Look at our company, like uh, insurance company, PHP. Okay, we're 50% Latino, okay? It, 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 we just are. It's like, okay, we're 50% Latino. Then we're 25% African-American. Uh, our Caucasian is 13%. What am I going to do? do? Do we make that up, that sound in the background? I hear something that's coming up. I don't know what that is. Okay, can you guys hear it or not? It went away for a second, but do you still hear it or no? I do. Is it no, still it's there? It's gone. It's okay. Gone. So, so you look at our – how did this happen? Did I say, here's what the percentage needs to be? This is what this needs to be? Or did we just become like that? Because it come, And I'm from Iran, so I'm Middle Eastern. I'm Christian. I'm Armenian. I'm Assyrian. How did I attract – Latinos, how did I attract? It's just the culture of the company mm-hmm. that this took. Now, by the way, the industry is what percentage? 70% white, I would say, maybe even the more. The average agent is a 59 year old white male. Yeah. You go to the traditional insurance industry, everyone's right. white. Mm-hmm. You know, we're okay, it's a multicultural. That's what happened to us because that's what we talked about. We would like to be a yeah. multicultural company. Somebody in here said, two people said, F Obama. And another person said, Yeah, you know, F Obama. Uh, I don't, I don't subscribe to that mindset. By the way, politically, uh-huh. philosophically, we are on complete opposite ends. When it, by the way, and I will say right now today, as crazy as this sounds, Barack Obama today is more like John F. Kennedy than he was 15 years ago. Barack Obama is not the Barack Obama of 2005. Barack Obama is not the Barack Obama of 2010. Barack Obama today, ever since he started getting paid and he's going to have a life to live for another 40 years, he's starting to realize we can't just tax everybody. Today's Barack Obama is a different Barack Obama than 10 years ago. But go back and say F Obama. Um, I applaud competitors who think long term. And for Republicans who get upset and they say F Obama, no, F your strategies is what I say. Your strategies suck. Why don't you get together and put some good strategies together? Because Democrats are out-strategizing you. Correct. And it pisses you off? Go get pissed off about the strategies you're getting putting together rather than getting pissed off at somebody else on the opposing it that's doing a better job than you. you got to salute your competitors. It's simple as that. Rather than getting upset at the competitor, you got to say what? Salute. I respect you. I've lost throughout my career. God knows how many times I've lost. And I've sat there and said, damn, more power to them. Good for them. 
Let's sit down and look and see what we're doing here wrong that they're doing right. Maybe we can learn from it. That's the one part that sometimes politically people become blinded. Oh, F Trump. Oh, F Obama. Oh, nope. Strategy, strategy, strategy. Take a step back and look what's going on. And quite frankly, I just don't like United Airlines strategy. We had somebody that just commented. I want to read her comment. Uh, She just gave five bucks and she said, um, Julia Swenson. She says, you can't pick and choose. Everything should be based on qualifications. I don't want to be hired anywhere because I'm a girl. It's ridiculous. That's what Julie just said, right? Mm -hmm. Then Kevin gave five bucks and he says, question number one, should there be any diversity requirement in companies? And number two, shouldn't we focus on skill, experience, and character when hiring? Okay, let's answer each question. Mm -hmm. Should there be any diversity requirement for companies? What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I think companies should uh, have to prove that they have a non-discriminatory open door to receive anyone of any background so that the selection process can be completed. I think there has to be. There has to be? I, I, yeah. A must? I think there must be. Look, are you letting anyone, you know, you know, show up at the front door? As a matter of fact, Google did something very interesting. You know what they did? They took names and cities off resumes, and they had hiring managers looking at the resumes and guess what they found out they found out that they had a more neutral selection process that there was little, I love that there were little things in I the back of that. people's mind yeah. that were thinking about oh this person comes from daily city i wonder if they went to a good college i wonder i wonder where they yeah. come from whereas this one came from oh it was in uh, you know atherton then went to stanford oh must be a really smart person so they took a lot of this stuff off and also they did a little um uh you know, ethnic analysis, you know, Lashika Jones, hmm, you know, it it has a cultural mm-hmm. connotation sure. to it that you might assume. When they took all that out, they got more neutralness. I think companies should be held to, are you allowing every person regarding a background, their resume to get in to be part of the filtering process? Are you allowing that to happen? And so then from there, are you just do you show that you have a fair and reasonable, this is our criteria, we need a pilot. Pilot has to have this many hours in the sky, has to have this. And then we evaluate how many of these people have that. We'll take the best one. And if it happens to be a white guy, it's a white guy. It happens to what be a think? Hispanic think, woman, it's a Hispanic woman. Just to build on what you're saying, qualification should be the first and foremost factor when hiring. I fully but agree. Then, there, then there's other factors. Yeah. Race, sex, all that kind of stuff like that. So I'll give you a couple different examples. Race so, Adam by 5%. Okay. Go ahead. Keep going. Here we go. 5%. I'll just speak into the mic. Well, in the NFL, they have something called the Rooney Good. Rule. You're familiar with the Rooney Rule? Tell that um, basically every NFL team, when they're looking for a candidate, has to hire, I'm sorry, consider hiring a black candidate. It's the Rooney Rule. So when you have Mike Tomlin that got his job, who basically was the youngest coach to ever win a Super Bowl for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He potentially, a decade or so ago, before he got the job, wouldn't have been in the running, so to speak. But now, because of the Rooney rule, he was a, they had to interview a black candidate. He turned out to be a great candidate. Point is, that's just the Rooney rule in the NFL, where, I don't know, if, Kai, if you want to pull it up, Rooney rule. An NFL team has to consider, within their candidates, a black candidate. A couple different things when it comes to qualifications. Now, there's, here's some qualifications. You get percentages of people who are nurses. You get percentage of people um, who different jobs. What percentage of male or female are construction workers? It's it's night and day. Exactly. Sure. So 99% of... A guy just commented saying, why don't we have all the women go become bricklayers and see what happens? Exactly. 50%. So or or the Noel Zinterman said, let's make 50% of female bricklayer quota, play their game, and see how long they'll last. There we go. Yeah. What percentage of people are... Okay, so now, obviously, you know, I go out in South Beach. What percentage of bottle servers, waitresses, are men? 
No, they're 100% female because when you're buying bottles and you're spending thousands of dollars at the club, you want some hot chicks mm -hmm. coming over with sparklers. That's just part of the game. So can a guy bring a bottle over to your table just as well as a female? Yeah, sure. But I don't want six dudes rolling up at my table when I'm buying bottles. Bring some chicks over there. That's just the game that we're playing. Yeah. So mm -hmm. qualifications are great, but then age, sex, color, that is a factor. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, so let me give you some data. Hockey. What percentage of hockey players are black? 1%, 2%. It, it's 5%, 43. Really? That's actually, Good I, for that's, them. No, yeah, 5% of hockey players are black. Yeah. 43%, 43 hockey players are black today. Three of them are for Detroit Red Wings. It's a record. First time ever where one team has three of them. They got three of them that's on their team right now. That's probably just a coincidence. Okay? NFL, NFL, 70% are black. Okay? okay. So, so now, What's NBA? The NBA is probably, probably even a bigger number. What percentage of uh, what percentage of I'm guessing NBA players are NBA seventy four point two percent NBA okay so does that make NBA racist? No, they're just a lot of black people that, are better. Does that make does that make NHL racist? No. Does that make NFL racist? NHL is ninety five percent black, ninety five percent white. Is it racist? NBA is seventy four point two percent black. Are they racist? A NFL is seventy percent black. Are they racist against others? No. Here's what it is: kids are growing up. If you really want to see a change in this. If a black kid is playing with dad, what, what game is dad playing? Is dad playing hockey? Is dad playing baseball? Is dad playing basketball? What's dad playing? Right. Whatever that game is, I tell you one thing with me, guess what you ain't playing if you're my kid? You ain't playing hockey if you're my kid. I have no clue how the hell to play <laughs> hockey. God knows Dylan could have ended up being one of the greatest hockey players of all time. Dad gets to with play. those caps, he, he might be something. He ain't never going to yeah. play hockey with daddy. It's just, he could it's have just, been the first Armenian, Assyrian, he's Iranian just not. hockey player it's just, in the it's, I'm, I'm just sorry. Not. He has the wrong father for that There's game. There's no ice okay? in the Middle East is what you're saying? So, so the point is, if people want to make a change in any of these areas, it starts off with the top with the most influential people saying, hey, why yeah. don't you consider getting into politics why don't you consider getting into business why don't you consider mm -hmm. getting into real estate why don't you consider going and starting some businesses why don't you can it's that why don't you consider from the top and the kid typically will be inspired by what that community leader and parents tell him to do anyways we can get away from one, the story one, one quick unless thought. If you guys got final one thoughts. quick thought uh, a sport that came to mind while the united states completely just shits the bed for some reason soccer is soccer yeah why the men suck but the women are good i don't understand that that's just one thing but there was a speech, uh, um, it was a black businessman years ago in front of a, a group of um, African-American kids, and he basically broke down the odds of becoming an NBA player. He's basically like, all y'all want to get to the NBA, let me break down some stats for you. There's a half a million high school basketball players. There's 10,000 college basketball players. There's 500 NBA players. So if you're the one of 500,000 um basketball players are playing high school, the chances of you making it to the NBA are .00001, whatever. Go become something else. Don't hinge all your dreams I to agree. becoming a basketball player. Become an entrepreneur. Become a businessman. The late, I agree. The late Jimmy Valvano talked about that. He said, um, I was asking these kids, I was talking about graduation. And I, what do you want to study here at NC State? What do you want to do? And they said, well, I want to, I'm going to go to the NBA. I'm going to go to the NBA. So the three... The three uh, recruited freshmen are sitting in his office. In the NBA. Do you know that there's only 17, there will be 17 players in the draft mm -hmm. that actually are in the NBA after three years? Each year in college, there'll be 17 players that are still in the NBA after three mm -hmm. years. And he says, young men, it's a really amazing day. 
because I just recruited three of them here at NC State. <laughs> there you go. And so the point he's trying to make, right, he's trying to make a simple point, is that, hey, you know what? You do have that low percentage, but we're, we've, we've gotten far afield. Mm-hmm. I think, to put a period on it, I think we should be sure that companies are giving everybody a fair shot. But 100%. It should, but it should, be, and there should be recourse when they're not, but it's got to be, you know, based on skills. Yeah, and let's you go, shouldn't hire based on white, black, Latino, correct. Asian, Middle Eastern, any right. of that. And let's, and let's go upstream and invest more in schools and to do the things so that kids have more capabilities yeah. and more places I agree. to go. I agree. So let's go upstream, not try to fix it Tom, downstream. I swear to God, we're all going to go find a river this weekend we're and try to swim upstream. Yeah. That's okay. what I'm, you guys up for it? I said we do this this I'm weekend while picture, having tequila. Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. By the way, we're at 2819. At 3,500, we're going to have a shot of tequila. Okay. At, at 4,000, we may do two of them. Tell your friends, so let me let me respond kids, to some of the comments here. Corrupted, Pat, I'm a huge fan. Will you please address the uh, MLM pyramid scheme and other issues? You know, they bring, I'm honestly a fan. Listen, let me just tell you this. I will not respond to that video, but I will tell you this. I have a video, Corrupted. I'm going to put a video here for you to look at. Corrupted, go in the comment section. I did this video four years ago. I responded to a John Oliver video. If you want to know more about it, it's a 40-minute video and corrupted. I wrote a 42-page ebook free for you to look at exactly what I think about different sales models and what I think about different multi-level marketing models. And you can go definitely take a look at that. And that should answer a lot of your questions for you. Jonathan Latimer said, if Barack Obama did a good job, we would not have gotten Trump. People are fed up with the status quo. I don't disagree with Jonathan Latimer that we have uh, uh, Trump because of Obama. I don't disagree with that. I also don't disagree that we have Biden because of Trump either. I think there's an element of that taking place. Uh, Ronald said, if I identify as a female, should a strip club for men be forced to hire me? If I identified as a female, should a strip club? Depends how you look, bro. Depends how you look. Okay, there you go. Adam knows a few if you need to yeah. get in contact Come with anybody. Come on, hear this out. Shout out and to my friends at 11 said, down okay, in Miami. Went to Military Academy. So here's Mark the Marina. Went to Military Academy and have seen firsthand uh, seen uh, what AA does, people from rural and poor areas, regardless of race, are more often remedial. Okay, interesting. Joe, Adam, the women's national soccer team lost to boys under 16 development team. Wow. The women's national soccer team, U.S. national soccer team, lost to a boys under 16 development, development team. Men's competition is harder, plain, and simple. Ha! Huh. There you go. That's Joel. Next topic. Interesting. Next topic, next topic, next topic. Let's go into uh, which story do we want to touch upon? Let's go to China fighter jets will fly over Taiwan to declare sovereignty, state media says. Go to page six. Uh, Let me take a look at this. I I don't really get this. Okay, so let's read it. Okay, China fighter uh, jet will fly over Taiwan to declare sovereignty. State media says Newsweek story. Chinese fighter will fly over Taiwan to declare sovereignty for relations between Washington and Taipei. Continue to improve a prominent state media figure set after Beijing uh, sent 25 warplanes toward the island on Monday. Chief editor of China's Nationalistic Communistic Party newspaper, The Global Times, said the People's Liberation Army would step up military pressure in the event of a further warming of U.S.-Taiwan ties. If Taiwan forces open fire, that will be the moment of all-out war across the Taiwan Strait. The People's Republic of China claims... Ownership of democratic Taiwan, despite having never governed it in seven decades since its founding after the Chinese Civil War. Taiwan continues to be a run as the de facto state that maintains several unofficial yet crucial global partners in an ambiguous existence known as the status quo. Adam. Mm -hmm. 
Well, we touched on this, I believe, in the last podcast about China and their relationships with their surrounding countries, Taiwan being specific. Um, we might be here in America. This, this, is all, this all comes down to perspective and putting yourself in someone else's shoes. We here in America think, well, who cares, Taiwan, whatever. This is a huge deal for China. Huge deal for China. So on the, on the outside perspective, yeah. you know, we have a list of topics. We have a, we're going through our live. We got a million different things. We're dealing with BLM and Antifa. And we got things going on here that we care about. We hear Taiwan, oh, whatever, whatever's going on in Myanmar, yep. gives a shit. Yep. For China, this is a huge deal. This is the quote-unquote proverbial red line that they don't want anybody crossing. So, you know, they talk about in World War One when the Archduke Ferdinand was assassinated and that, you know, spouted off this powder keg that led to World War One, which eventually led to World War Two. yada, 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 yada. This is the type of thing, you know, knock on wood, cross your fingers, that could potentially lead to a World War Three, where something small that affects a country more than you understand can lead to something massive. And for China, apparently it's this Taiwan thing. I, th th this is basically a 50-year-old byproduct of the revolution and Chiang Kai-shek, you know, going across. Y you know, what you have here, it's unresolved. And to those of us in the West, you should really think of it as East and West Germany. That was unresolved for so long, right? And then there was reunification. And so after World War II, we had the split and we had Berlin, the Berlin Wall and everything that goes with that. And China sees this the same way. This is the way they see it. That was once part of us. It should still be part of us. And this is what's, what's going on. And, you know, if Taiwan, I would, as a matter of fact, I was in uh, Taipei, Taiwan. Um, on October 8th to 10th, and on, this goes back, 1999. And at my hotel, I hear rumbling outside on the morning of October 10th. It was kind of funny. And they call it the Double Ten Festival, 10-10, October 10th. And it was the celebration of their independence. So there was a lot, and I saw I saw tanks out there and military things in the street. It was it was not the Russian military. This is in Taiwan. This is in Taiwan. It was not the Russian military May Day where everybody. Kai, was would you pull up Taiwan on the map? Where they're like clapping politely, but you're you're supposed. This to is do what it. year? This is ninety nine. Okay. And so this vibe is called the Double Ten Festival. It happens every year in Taiwan. Um, Taiwan Double Ten Day, right there at the top. And it's Sunday, October 10th. It's a national day of Republic yeah. of China. Da, da, da. Public holiday annually, see? And what they do is they celebrate their independence. There was a lot of patriotism in the street. I saw it. There was like this. There were parades. There was activities. There was military in the street. But it wasn't military like Russian May Day, like power military. It was celebration, like when we have planes fly over the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? It was that kind of mm -hmm. celebration and stuff. And so there is a lot of pride now of four generations in Taiwan of people who feel, wait, we're independent. I'm Taiwanese yeah. and we're independent. And China's like, no, this is like World War II reunification wow. of Germany. I want that back. And well, look at, look at even the map right now. I mean, it, obviously Hong Kong is in the news but because Hong Kong is attached to mainland China. It's sort of like a peninsula on the, on the um, south well, the same side, thing happened to Hong at, Kong, right? Look at Taiwan. It's an island off of China. Is that right, Kai? Am I looking seeing that right? Yeah. Okay. So from a geographical standpoint, Taiwan is not even attached to China. So I can see why would they But, but would... Here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the Heritage Index of Economic Freedom. Do you have that up? Heritage Index of Economic Freedom. This is a site that shows you which countries are the most economically free countries in the mm. world. Go to see all rankings to the right. 
bottom right, bottom right, right there. Okay, check this out. Close the top. Okay, free, meaning 100 to 80, how free they are. Number one is Singapore. Number two is New Zealand. Then Australia, then Switzerland, then Ireland. Freest mm-hmm. countries in the wow. world. Okay? Let's keep going Look down. who's number six. I think six, or, six is Taiwan. Wow. Okay, Taiwan is free. Freer than America. Down. Then it's UK. Then it's Estonia. Then Canada. Then Denmark. Then Iceland. Then Georgia. Then Mauritius. Then uh, uh, United Arab Emirates. Then Lithuania. You still don't have US, by the way. Netherlands, Finland, Luxembourg, Chile. United States. United States is behind UAE. Think about that. Then you got Sweden, Malaysia. Let's go to the other side. Uh, Japan, South Korea, Austria, Israel, Czech Republic, Norway, Germany, Latvia, Qatar, Armenia. Armenia. Shout out to Armenia. 32nd. Cyprus, Kazakhstan, Bulgaria, Malta, Belgium, Azerbaijan, 38th. Now we're going to moderately free. Spain, Bahrain, Poland, Thailand, Romania, Uruguay, Jamaica. You see all these countries there, Jordan, yeah. Bahamas, Latinx, well, Costa Rica, Guatemala, Turkey, 76. Where's Turkey, China 76. on this list? Oh, you're about to see it as you go lower and lower. Ch- Russia's 92, by the way. Look at the main countries. Russia's mm-hmm. 92. France is 64. Mexico, 65. Wow. Okay. Italy, 68. Tanzania, uh, 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 93. El Salvador, 94. Greece, 96. Now you're going to mostly unfree. Go ahead. Okay. Honduras, South Africa, Benin, Ghana, Trinidad. Uh, Gambia, Nigeria, Uganda, China, 107. China. 107. Uzbekistan. Mostly um, unfree. Egypt, Burma, and you see some of these countries. Okay, lots of uh, look at, African look at countries. Brazil, Brazil, Brazil is 143. Afghanistan, Brazil. 146. Argentina. Argentina, 148. Argentina. Ecuador, 149. Pakistan, 152. Okay, Belize. Tom, 114. Belize. Lebanon, 154. Haiti. This is a great India, 121 wow. is what India is. Okay? Go lower. Yeah. Now let's see the one that says repressed. Gotcha. See if you see any big company, countries here. Algeria, Liberia, Iran. Iran, 168. Cuba, 176. North Korea, last. Venezuela, second to last. Then it's Cuba. The bottom three that are actually ranked are North Korea, Venezuela, and Cuba, and go below it, go below it, go below it. You got Iraq, Libya, Liechtenstein, Somalia, Syria, and Yemen. Here's what's crazy. Out of Cuba, Venezuela, and South North Korea, which of those three you think is most likely to be mostly free? Which of those three you think is most likely to be free? Venezuela, Cuba, or North Korea? I have my guess. Cuba. What, what do you guess, think? Well, it's Cuba. not North Korea. So let's it's not just, North let's, Korea. Let's okay. set that up. So it's really so two. Uh, Venezuela. I'm going to say Cuba. Okay. I think Cuba is more likely to be free than Venezuela. Uh, I, it's just a hunch. I think it's closer. I think it's, you know, the influence. I think Venezuela is second, and I think North Korea is third. But the point is, going back to the Taiwan conversation, yeah. go all the way to the top. China yeah, like, doesn't want Taiwan look, to have any influence. Also, look also how uh, this is five, and then it goes to 25. I mean, it's Dramatically gap. different gap yeah. between the three. These other ones are a little bit. Yeah, but that's dramatic like North Korea gap between versus the two. any other country. Yeah. It's not even comparable. It's a dramatic cap, gap. I, I would love the to two. see at the very, very, very top. Um, and Pat had a great point. Well, the guy killed two Taiwan cousins and his China, What the qualifications are for being free, quote unquote? Like, did they give a? Yeah, read oh, this. Oh, here it is. Rule of law. So they're okay. they're out there. Rule, Rule of law, law government sense. size, regulatory efficiency, open markets, trade freedom, investment freedom, business freedom. Fiscal health, but but, but by the way, they have it on yeah. three under each. So rule of law is property rights, uh, judicial 
mm-hmm. effectiveness, government integrity. Then you got government size tax burden, government spending, fiscal health, regulatory efficiency, business freedom, labor freedom, monetary freedom. Then you got trade freedom, investment freedom, financial freedom. It's Cut. not so. So Can go we, to U.S. Yeah, go to the U.S. US. Let's go to I want to US. see government integrity for the U.S. I'm going to see our score 20, there. Number twenty. Twenty. Go no, to guy, click on U.S. Boom. O- number open, twenty. Open our card. Here okay, we go. Property Let's rights, see what we're excelling at judicial, and what we're sucking at. Okay. Monetary freedom, we're doing well in. Fiscal health, 35. That's a terrible score, by the way, to be at 34.9. Open Fiscal markets, health. trade freedom, okay. Government spending, 62. Tax burden, 76. Interesting when you look at this. Judicial effectiveness. Effectiveness. Government integrity, 76.8. Mm-hmm. Its overall score has decreased by 1.8 points, primarily because of a decline in fiscal health. Yeah, you're printing money. The United States is ranked third among 32 countries so, in the America's region. So overall. why would China want this? Taiwan to stay free? They wouldn't want chi- tai- Taiwan to stay free because Taiwan politically and philosophically is the complete opposite that's correct of what china so the more taiwan excels and people from china now have a place to leave to the more that makes china look bad by the way yeah. didn't they just have u.s had a couple uh, ships right that went through the 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 south the, china sea south china no, straight yeah between the two a ship went through it china wasn't too happy about it yeah. because china is saying u.s is meddling in the relationship between them and taiwan um by the way, you know what's a big conversation that's taking place right now? The possibility of war. Like more and more people are saying the likelihood of having a war right now is higher than higher South than we've had in a long time. Everything that's going on in Crimea with Russia. And, yeah, and, and, and America's meddling in it. So some are saying, why is America meddling in it? Just leave them alone with Taiwan and America saying, wait a minute, why wouldn't we help support some of the folks there that are believing in many of the philosophies that we believe in. China's saying, no, you got to get out of it. It's none of your business. Let us deal with Taiwan. It's mm-hmm. none of your business. There's a huge economic interest in Taiwan. If you take a look at the made in Taiwan, made in China, made in Vietnam, made in the Philippines, mm-hmm. it is a it is a huge manufacturing island to a lot of U.S. companies. Huge. And, yeah, Taipei's here, China's here. They don't want America right in this area. Well, we'll see what's going to happen here. Kai, can you do me a favor and pull up the video where the black army officer pepper sprayed in traffic stop accuses officers of assault? I'm going to read the story while you're bringing it up. We'll watch it, but I'm first going to read the story. Go to page five, uh, all the way at the bottom. Page five, all the way at the bottom. Black army Officer pepper sprayed in traffic stop accuses officer of assault. This is a New York Times story. Karen Nazario, Karan Nazario, lieutenant in the U.S. Army Medical Corps, was driving to Petersburg, Virginia, from a drill weekend when he saw police lights flashing behind him. Too nervous to stop on a darkened road, Lieutenant Nazario, who is black and Latino, drove about a mile to a gas station, pulled over, and placed his cell phone on his dashboard. Immediately, two Windsor police officers can be heard yelling orders at him. Lieutenant Nazario then says, I'm honestly afraid to get out of the car. Yeah, you should be, says one of the officers, according to the footage from his body camera. Seconds later, the officer accused uh, uh, dues the lieutenant with pepper spray. Lieutenant Nazario's hands remained up as he coughed and pleaded with the officer to undo his seatbelt and made sure the dog's smoke was not choking in the back. Lieutenant Nazario has filed a lawsuit accusing the officers of illegally searching his car using excessive force and violating his rights under the First Amendment. The lawsuit seeks $1 million in compensatory damages. Can I pull up the video? Let's take a look at this. So 
This is a shorter video that we can show. I want you to see this, and let's. I want to have a reaction to this, but I want you to see this here. The longer one is 31 minutes. We're just going to use a five-minute one. We may not even watch the whole thing, but we'll watch some of the clips of it. Lower the audio a little bit, kind. Okay, pull up. Uh, go a little bit fast, like, yeah, there you go. This is good. Kai, fast forward a little bit. A little more. A little more. How many occupants are in your vehicle? Open the door slowly and step out. Open the door. Get out the car. Open the door slowly and get out. This is December 5th, 2020, so four months ago. The guy that's screaming was a corporal in the Marines. His wife was a sailor in the Navy. Not the guy on camera, the guy in the back that has the camera. Keep your hands outside the window. The guy screaming is a former Marine. Get out of the car now. Get out of the car. Now. Get he has both of his hands out. He's in army fatigues. Yeah, he's in army fatigues. You can see yep. that. Yo, guess what? I'm a veteran too. I don't know, babe. Get out of the car. Yep. Watch this. Get out of the car now. What's going on? You're fixing to ride the lightning, son. Let me say you're about to ride the lightning. Ride the lightning, son. He's going to tase him. Get out of the car now. Get out of the car now. Get out of the car. Sir, just get out of the car. Work with us and we'll talk to you. Get out the car. You received an order. Obey it. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly afraid to get out. Can I? Yeah, you, you should be. Get out. You should get be. Out. Get out the car. Get out now. I have not committed any crime. You're being stopped for a traffic violation. You're not cooperating at this point right now. You're under arrest for, for you're being detained. Okay? You're being detained for obstruction of justice. Violation. I do not have By the way, the guy's being so reasonable. Really? Get out of the car now. Get out of the car. Get out of the car. Get your hands off me. Get, get, get your hands off me. You know what? Get your hands off me. Not a get problem. Hands off me. Back up there. I didn't do anything. Don't do that. Sir, get out of the car now. Okay, watch this. Get out of the car now. Sir, look. I'm trying to talk get out. To okay. I'm trying to I'm talk. talk. Get out. Just get relax. out of the car. Can you please get relax? Can get you out. Please relax. Get out of the car right I'm, now. Now. This is not how you treat a vet. Uh, I'm actively serving this country, and this is how you're going to treat me. Back up, Daniel. I didn't do anything. Back up. Whoa, hold on. Daniel. What's going on? Hold on. I watch it. Spraying pepper spray yeah. in his face. Oh, gosh. Get out of the car! Get out of the car now! There's a better angle, Kai. Sir, just get out of the car! Get out of the car now! Yeah, oh, get out of the car and get on the ground now! You're gonna get it again! I don't even want to reach my seat. I don't blame you. Get out of the car! Get out of the car, get out of the car now! Can't see. Pepper no. spray in his eyes. He's Listen, struggling. Take off your seatbelt and get out of the car. Look, I'm just gonna just please. He knows if he puts his hands the down, the then somebody can shoot take him and potentially say, and "Watch this." Seatbelt off. Take your seatbelt off and get out of the car. Don't reach in there, Daniel. Don't reach in there. There's a gun in here, by the way. He has a gun in here, and they know they saw it. 
My dog is in the back. He's a first lieutenant officer. Get out of the car. There's a dog in the truck. Smoke is his name. I'm a lieutenant. Lieutenant, get out of the car. He says, what are you, a specialist, a corporal? He says, I'm a lieutenant. You made this way more difficult than it had to be if you just comply. Speci specialist is an E4. A first lieutenant, you have to go to college to get a degree, then you become a lieutenant. Straight on the ground. Says so a good Straight citizen here. Ma'am, is your commanding officer Down. Let's go. Let's go. Being respectful. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. Get on the ground now. Get on the ground or you're getting sprayed again. Get on the ground. Can you please talk to me about what's going on? Get on the ground. Get on the ground now. Can you please talk to me about what's going on? Extremely respectful still the entire time. Why am I being treated like this? Because you're not cooperating. Get on the ground. Kai, fast forward. Okay. Unfortunately, we can't show the whole clip because we were trying to get approval on the other video to get approval. We haven't gotten it back yet. But uh, uh, when you see the whole clip, eventually at the end, uh, uh, the cop tries to explain to him, look, I understand where you are. Why did you do this to yourself? You did this to yourself. You shouldn't have done this. You did this to yourself. If you would have listened, this would have never happened, et cetera, et cetera. And the guy's just sitting there saying, dude, he didn't say nothing. He's just staying quiet. You have two options. I can either do this or I can uh, fi uh, file charges. If I do, I know how the Army's going to react. As a first lieutenant, this may be bad for your career, so what do you want to do? And the guy's like, you're not giving me any choice. I have to read you both choices. And they eventually walk him to the back to make sure Smoke is doing good. Smoke is doing good. They stay with him for 20 to 40 minutes, and then eventually the guy apparently leaves, and he's now asking for a million bucks. The footage comes out. But what do you react when you see something like this? Either one of you guys. How do you react to this? You know, there, there, there's so much divisiveness in our country. Um, blue lives matter, black lives matter, social justice, getting woke, diversify, this, that. You know, I'm a cop. I support the troops. There's so much of that. And at the end of the day, and this highlights it all, it's like, all right, are you on the side of our troops? Or are you on the side of the cops? Well, they're, they're fighting against yep. each other in this instance. So which one is it? And I think really what it comes down to is right and wrong. And I think anyone watching this knows that the cops were wrong in that situation. And I'm sure there's going to be people that are saying, no, the cop was right and the guy. But from, from a layman's perspective, just from a human perspective, the cops are like they can escalate a situation or they can de-escalate a situation. Yep. I don't know what they're taught. And this is I try to have zero interaction with the cops for that, Matt. Like I, I rarely interact with cops when I do. It's do you like cops or do you not like cops? Traditionally, I would have said I don't like cops. OK, I'm just being honest All right. because every time I've been sp dealt with a cop, it's been a situation like that pulled over in a car. I've had guns drawn on me before. Driving through Miami, they thought I was a drug dealer, or whatever. Like I've had bad incidents with yep. cops. A cop never—I never see him at a shop. They're like, "Hey, how's your day going? Good." Yeah. You know, so I've this—that's my perspective. I but I understand that there ninety-nine percent of cops are good cops. So I get that that's a bad perspective to have. I get it, but you can escalate a situation or you can de-escalate a situation. Like we talked about earlier in the show about. Do people want to be told what to do or do they want to choose what to do? So when you have a cop yelling a thousand times, get on the ground, get on the ground, do what you're told, obey your orders. And the guy's like, look, man, I'm a, you can see what I'm wearing here. I'm a lieutenant in the army. Can we just have a conversation? 
and the cop has zero reasonable qualities. Get out, get out, get out. Like, what is that? I'm, I'm asking a question. Like, what is that? Why can't he say, hey, look, man, we pulled you over because of this. Here's what we need you to do. We understand that you're a lieutenant or a sergeant. We'd like you to comply. But they're just freaking out on this guy, spraying pepper spray in his face. It's disgusting. The guy's going to likely win the lawsuit. Tom. The most dangerous thing that the police do, factually and statistically, is walk up to a car they pulled over. That is the most dangerous thing that they do. And at night, it's even more dangerous. However, cops can't be on ego drive and ego trips about who they are and what they do. In this case, they followed the guy. He did not pull over immediately. He was concerned. So he goes to a well-lit gas station and is cooperating with a quiet voice with his hands outside in full visibility. In this case, the most dangerous thing they do is walk up to a vehicle. The police have an obligation to do their job properly, and they didn't. They could just walk up and they could have de-escalated this. The police could have de-escalated it. And now, with a reasonable guy being reasonable, keeping his hands there, we can see him, any other occupants, no, sir, there's not, my dog's in the back. Then they pepper spray him from six feet away when they can see him in a compliant pose. These cops escalated it when they were concerned when they pulled him over. They didn't know what they had. And he apparently didn't pull over for a mile. So he didn't know what they had. But he said they he wanted have, to get to a well-lit area. But that's they that's right. It's a very well. That was yeah. actually safer for the cop exactly. and safer Rather for the than guy. Over on a dirt they could road see on the everything. Side of the road. And so the cops, even if they're nervous about it, hey, this guy's not pulling over at first. What are we gonna do? Oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? Okay, fine. But once you're there, you as a police officer, if you're gonna be a cop and you're gonna yeah. continue to be a cop, you have to play both sides. You have to calm yourself down, even as you're getting yourself amped up to protect yourself and your uh, partner, but you have to then de-escalate and you have to do it properly all the time. They didn't, and I think it's disgusting that they pepper sprayed the guy from six feet while being completely compliant and showing his hands. So That part of it is way out of line. So here's what I think. Here's what I think. Years ago, not years ago, a year ago, we brought in Mark Lamb. I don't know if you remember Mark Lamb. Not even a year ago. Maybe like 10 months Sheriff ago. Sheriff Mark Lamb. Sheriff yeah, Mark he's Lamb. He called into the show. I he called into yeah. the show and we yeah. brought him on and I interviewed him right after when they talked about the defunding of the police. Right? Yeah. Hey, we need to defund the police. So I brought him in and I interviewed him and I cannot tell you how many, how much hate letters I got. Email. How dare you put a guy like this on at a time like this? America going through this and mm-hmm. you, 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 you would... You would highlight a cop like him, and even we heard from one of his friends from the past. Okay, mm-hmm. we're like, listen, we don't want to participate in this, calling us, giving recording. Like, we don't want anything like this. We just did an interview is what we did here, right? Mm-hmm. So the same people that got upset at Officer Lamb, the opposing parties, like, well, listen, we're so glad you brought him on because it's about defunding the police. Nobody, we shouldn't defund the police. Mm-hmm. This I highlight here, and people come back will say, why would you show something like this? That's so divisive. This is how I believe media needs to be. You need to give both sides on what's going on and call out when somebody fully screws up. Let me explain to you what happened this situation here. Um, I don't know what it is to be black. You don't know what it is to be from Iran, looking like me. Okay? I don't know what it is to be white. I don't know what it is to be Norway. I don't know what it is to be from Venezuela, from Colombia, from Mexico, from else. I don't know what it is. All I know how to be is to be Middle Eastern, half Armenian, half Assyrian from Iran, who looks like this, with this nose, with this ear. I don't look like the average human. I look like I'm a Middle Eastern. This is all I know what to look like. 
have I gotten people that have, uh, 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 what do you call it, stereotypes, you know, racial, prejudice, whatever, prejudice? Whatever. Yeah, of course. You know, was it a lot of jokes in the military? Hey, did you go to school on a donkey? You know, are you like a camel jockey? I'm like, dude, I've never seen a camel in my life. But I get it. You know, you're saying whatever you're saying. Right. Fine, I get it. Have I heard all those things? I have. Are you fresh off the boat? I'm a pretty good swimmer, by the way. So, yeah, I don't know if I'm fresh off the boat, but I'm a good damn swimmer, right? I don't know what it is to be black. I have no idea what it is to be black. I don't. I don't know what it is to have cops pulling you over at a time like this in December, by the way. This is not right now where things are calmer. This is December, Mm -hmm. right after election, when all the protesting is still going on. You got Capitol, all this stuff, and this guy's getting pulled over. He's sitting there thinking, I'm about to go. His grandma was a former NYPD for 30 years, by the way, if you listen to the whole story. This guy right here, he loves America. This is a pro-America guy that loves America. He's just saying, dude, I do not want to get pulled over in a dark place. Let me go to a gas station. You go to a gas station, the guy pulls over you, you do what you do to him. I mean, then let's talk about the cops. Let's look at the cops. What are the cops worried about? So the cops worried about what? What do you worry? If you know it's extremely sensitive, what the hell are you doing overreacting? Remember one time I got pulled over by a cop in Plano? I said, I've never been pulled over by a nice cop like this before, and it was uncomfortable. Do you remember when I you talked about it on the podcast? He was being too nice. He was being too nice. I'm like, why are you being so nice? He says, you don't know the climate right now of being a cop. Yeah. I have to overly be nice. He says, may I please get the license? Sir, thank you so much for cooperating. I'm like, this sounds like customer service at like a place that makes no sense. Now, Nord- Nordstrom's is now training cops. Yeah, yeah. Neiman Marcus <laughs> type of customer service. It made no sense to me, the cop that he handled me in plane. I'm like, dude, I was speeding. That was reckless driving. I went over the side of the road. All Everything you're saying, I did. So why are you being so nice? I was being a little reckless the way I drove. I was. So he's like, here's a ticket. It was a pretty good-sized ticket. Points, all this other stuff. I have to deal with that. Okay, great. No problem. I deserved the fine that I got, but I was concerned why the cop was so scared. So that's far one side. Mm-hmm. This is far the complete opposite side. Now, let's talk about a different part about this. Um, had a friend of mine years ago. I'm not going to say his name. I had a friend of mine years ago. We were very close to the point where we partied every weekend together. We were close together, very, very close. I'm talking 20 years ago. This guy was the biggest sweetheart, Adam, I knew. Biggest sweetheart I knew. I'm, when I say sweetheart, I'm talking sweetheart. And guess what he did for a living? He was a nurse. Hmm. Guess what he ends up becoming after being a nurse? He let me, becomes. Let me guess, a cop? A cop, okay? When I tell you the biggest sweetheart, I'm not telling you it was the biggest sweetheart because it just sounds good. Maybe one of the top five biggest sweethearts I know in my life was this guy. Then he becomes a cop. Then he gets the badge. Then he gets the gun. Then I go out to lunch with him six months later. A little different the way he talked to the customer, the way he talked to the waitress. Six months later, a little different the way he talked to people. Two years later, a little different. Three years later, a little different. Four years later, temper flaring regularly. Huh? What the hell is going on to this guy? This is not the guy I was friends with. Five years later, a little worse. Then eventually gets fired, okay? From the police force? From the police force. Wow. And that rarely happens. There was some controversy there. But anyways, I will tell you that badge and the gun that gives you that kind of power reveals a lot of deep, dark sides of a human being that's not ready to be a cop. They're just not. So on one end... It comes up from the guy that's running it, the chief, on how they shape the mindset of a cop. If the chief says, we are the badge, we have the gun, they better listen to you or else you drop their asses, these mother... Okay, if you're teaching me like that, dude, you're firing me, I'm like, oh my gosh. But if you're saying, hey, these are citizens, 
We work for the city. The taxpayers are paying for us. We got to make sure we respect everybody. Everyone's innocent until proven guilty. You got to be a little bit paranoid. You got to be careful. And one, it may not be easy, but that's what we got to do. That's what we got to do. I'm Serve go- and protect. Yeah. I'm going to Newport Beach one time. I'm going to Newport Beach with a business meeting. I was up and I'm speaking on this yacht. I'm 21 years old, 22 years old. I got seven people in my car. We're all, we're all suited up. We're young. We're 21, 22 years old. We're driving down to Newport. I bet a couple of the friends are going to remember this event if they're listening to the podcast right now. We're driving down to Newport. Guy pulls me over. He comes to the side with gun point at the cars like this. I'm like, he comes like, put your head on the steering wheel. I'm like, what the hell? And I'm not, I'm not in a place to talk to me like that at 21 years old. I was not reasonable. I you was just not. just got out of the military. I just got out of military. I'm like, dude, I am on fire. Like, I am on fire at this time, right? So I put my hands on the steering. I said, what the hell are you doing? So what the hell are you doing? Are you a rookie? How long have you been a cop? Tell me. You look like you're a rookie cop. How long have you been a cop? Are you a rookie cop? You're a rookie cop, ain't you? So him and I start going at it. And my guys are like, Pat, calm down, calm down, calm down. They're right. I was overreacting, but I was pissed off. You rookie cop? You rookie cop. Why are you pulling me over? You went 70. I'm like, it's 65. He said, well, you're going five, minutes, five miles over speed. I said, you cannot tell me you give me a speeding ticket at 70 going 65 on a four or five. I am. I said, there's a bunch of people going faster than me. He said, well, it's like fishing. Sometimes when you fish, you don't catch all the fish. You're the fish I caught today. I'm like, this mother. I said, okay, give me the ticket. I want to show it to court because I want to see what the hell you're going to do about it. So I go to court, and he's there. And I'm asking everybody, officer, do you know who that is? I do. How long has he been a cop? He's a newer cop. Oh, he's a newer cop, yeah. Anyways, the judge gives me all this stuff that I – so I told you we're a rookie cop. You gave a ticket at 70 uh, – going 70 years old, 70 miles at a 65, and you come up with a gun with six people sitting in the back with all suited up? What the hell are you doing? Point this is exactly meeting. why cops get a bad rep sometimes. Now, Gosh. somebody comes into our house – few months ago cops show up three of them okay everyone's concerned cops show up sir is everything okay you guys comfortable do you need us to stay here ma'am is there anything you want us to do you want us to walk through every room mm-hmm. please i will do that matter of fact how about i do that so you're comfortable melva are you okay they went up walk anything else you need here's our number give us a call we're here to help you the most ridiculous yeah. experience 80 percent of my experiences with cops have always been good 20% of them have been bad of the 20% that have been bad probably 80% of it was because i was being bad so that was at a different phase of my life where I was acting like a fool. So you understand how the math went, right? There, 80, yeah. 20, 20, 80 of it was my fault, so 20 of it wasn't my fault. It's a very slim margin. But when you do things like this and it goes on camera, you officially hurt other cops that get the reputation. And a media station shows this to the world, and they don't, they don't tell the story the right way. They spin it as all the cops are like this. And then everyone reacts. Then there's division. Then we have what we have today in America. Are, Go ahead. Are you noticing – um a similarity in your stories, in my stories, and the stories that we're showing. Where are all these bad incidents happening? On the freaking road, in a car. Cops show up to your house. Yeah. Okay, because you call a, a burglary or whatever. They're you know, like that. A rarely happens, and they're there to diffuse what happened, what's yeah. going on, for whatever reason. The the like you said, most um, incidents happen in the yeah, car. Statistically, the most dangerous Stati- thing a cop okay. does is come so to like the window the, of your car. We're we're keying in on what the fear is from cops and from drivers. And like you said, we've I've never been black. You never been black. This guy is scared to get out of his car, and he's a freaking lieutenant in the army. First lieutenant. Okay. Imagine if you're just a normal guy in Atlanta or Illinois or California. Yeah. And you're just on the road, and you're going 70 yeah. in, a, in a 65, and the cop pulls you over, draws the gun. And you've seen a million of these freaking stories. How are you supposed to react? You know, black people, you know, they have the talk. 
Yeah. You always hear, I have to have to talk with my kids. I have to have to talk with my kids. You were talking about that last yeah. time, the Michael yeah, Strahan yeah, yeah, yeah. talk. Michael Strahan, the, 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 10 and 2. Yeah, exactly. The talk up, used to be, yeah. all right, look, you're going to grow yeah. up and you're going to meet a girl and the yeah. birds and the bees. The talk these days, if you're in a black household, is you're going to get mother freaking pulled over and this is how you need to speak to yeah. them. Like, there's, this is a thing now. This is reality. So you can't dismiss how people feel. And if a, if a lieutenant is scared to get out of the car, serving America, imagine just put yourself in the shoes of just a normal black person in America, how they would feel. Okay, you, you've had a bad incident with a cop in a car. I've had ton of yeah. them to the point where I can't even drive a car at this point. So a person saying right now, the guy clearly didn't follow the instructions and he should have opened the door. See, the challenge, that's the first thing I said. But if you watch the whole 31-minute clip, which I highly recommend, I don't know what channel it is. Let's give a shout-out. to matter of fact, put it in below so people can watch it afterwards. Just watch the whole 31-minute clip to see yeah. what happens. There, the reason why he didn't automatically open the door is because when you open the door, the gun is here. So imagine if he opens the door and they see the gun, they react. The guy knows there's going to be a reaction. So there was a gun in there. All his gear was in the back. He was moving because he was getting orders right. to go to a different place. So you kind of have to see the whole story. Oh, but that's a legally owned he, weapon. That's it is. It is. But still, you open it, you see a reaction, and somebody shoots. You're panicking in that moment. Nobody knows what it's like to have. Only a few people in the world have been held gun. You know, mm -hmm. you don't know how to react when that's taking place. It's a very weird reaction, and people react mm -hmm. in a different way. All of us can say whatever to say he should have done this, but there's a little bit more to the story. Look, I'm, I'm a guy that defends cops 90% of the time. I'm, I, I, I love great cops. I sleep better at night because of great cops. I travel better because of great cops. I have put great events together because of great cops. Great cops have taken care of me and my family my entire life. I'm a byproduct of great cops. Cops like this need to get trained better, need to get, you know, the same way I say uh, the teachers, terrible teachers need to be fired. Yeah. Terrible cops need to be fired ASAP. Mm -hmm. Terrible cops who cannot handle, like, you know how you do pressure type of training? I'm watching a video this morning of the guy, uh, who's the guy that uh, he came up with the, uh, uh, the torturing thing? Uh, what, what's his expertise? James Mitchell is the guy that came up with CIA's method to waterboard enhanced interrogation this mm -hmm. guy very interesting story he's got there right so the interviewer says before i interview you i wanted to be waterboarded so he goes and gets waterboarded okay just to kind of get a feel by the way i wouldn't mind doing that just to know what it feels like wow so he gets waterboarded it's an episode right there then he does the interview okay then he says it's terrible being waterboarded right he's explaining to him what it's like to be waterboarded it's like, dude, the, the reaction to this was absolutely insane. When you, okay, so what should we do? Should we get rid of the bad guys? Should we keep these bad guys? Should we do this? Should, I think cops who are doing things like this, they should get fired. I think bad teachers should be fired. I think we need to just clean house. If you cannot handle being rattled in a high-pressure type situation, you are not qualified to be a cop. And that's not your job. That's not simply yep. your job. Mm -hmm. You need to go do something else, but definitely not be a cop. Anyways, and I may I be wrong, but that's how I, I feel about it. I love your teacher analogy, by the way, just because I know we're going to move on. Yeah. If you have a teacher that's like, open your books, read your books. Yeah, where are those yeah, it's like, yeah, bro, yeah, God, I mean, just, uh, just yeah. tell me what chapter we'll read. And the there are chapter. plenty like that. You see the it's videos ridiculous. on YouTube that go viral. Like uh, another example, you told Vanessa to turn up my volume yeah. 5%. You said, hey, Vanessa, would you do me a favor? And Vanessa, turn up the volume 5%. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah. Who acts like yeah. that? Yeah. So... Anyways, look, that's the guy. segment we covered well, that with. Uh, and by the way, there are a yeah. lot more to go into with that. Yes. Stories. We're at 3178. We're 322 away from taking a shot at Tequila. Look, if you I don't want know, us to take yeah. a shot at Tequila, we ain't going to do it. <laughs> um, but we may do the next one. We the next one. I'm not taking a shot. 
until this gets to 3,500. So okay. we will hang tight. Maybe we'll do it on our next podcast. We got 21 minutes left. If you want to share the podcast, hit the thumbs up <clears> button so we can taste this thing together and see what it's like. Okay, stories. What do you want to go to next? Uh, how do uh, do we go to the Winklevoss story? Do we go to the coin? Let's talk about the Coinbase. What the CEO said yesterday. Go to page okay. three. I love what the CEO of Coinbase said yesterday. He was being transparent when he was asked on this interview. Okay. Coinbase CEO says regulation is one of the biggest threats to crypto. This is a CNBC interview he did. Once again, Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong said regulation is one of the biggest risks when it comes down to cryptocurrency business. We're very excited and happy uh, to play by the rules. Basically, we just ask that, hey, we want to be treated on those level playing field with traditional financial services at the very least and not have any kind of punishment for being in the crypto space. His company is the first major crypto business to trade publicly in the U.S. Coinbase is profitable, taking in $322 million last year, an estimated $800 million in first quarter revenue alone. So even the guy asked a question saying, are you worried about regulation? It says regulation is one of the biggest risks when it comes down to cryptocurrency business. Thoughts? Well, he said the two biggest risks were cybersecurity. Cybersecurity and was yep, that's right. He did say that. And shout out to everyone who's been eager to invest in the IPO for Coinbase. And something tells me there might be a uh, case study a coming. Case study out, which coming. Is good. But you know, when I kind of first got into the insurance industry, well, I've been in it for a few years. Everyone was like the DOL, the DOL, and the regulation, and the regulation. And for my industry, regulation turned out to be a good thing uh, for the life settlement industry because when I entered it in 2006, it was the freaking Wild West. So I guess my question back to you, because you have very strong opinions on this, is is regulation a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it somewhere in the middle? Where do you think the regulation will lead? You know, who's going to be running the show when it comes to regulation? I'm sort of just giving I want to get your response on this. Who gives the regulation? Yeah, like just give give the rundown Yellen. the pros and cons. Powell. Exactly. Well, obviously yeah. the chairman Yellen, of the Fed and Powell, the secretary treasury. SEC, anybody that wants to get their hands in there. What about tax implications, the IRS? They could do that as well. Remember, internet, we used yes. to have no, no taxes on the internet. Internet tax is a new thing. When you used to sell stuff on the internet, you did not pay taxes. I don't know if you knew that or not. I did not know that. Years ago, if you sold stuff on the internet, you didn't pay taxes no. until they came out with taxes on the internet. In what year? Uh, it's probably a decade ago when they okay. came out with taxes on the internet. So, so what are the pros and cons of Tom, regulation? Can you pay attention, please? Go ahead. Keep going. What are the pros and cons of regulation? Of Tom, what are the, the pros and cons of regulation? The pros and cons of regulation on uh, Coinbase? Well, it's the underlying. Crypto, crypto, crypto. Okay, well, crypto. Coinbase is just is a market. It's a marketplace. Yes. But if that which it is marketing, the um, individual cryptocurrencies, mm-hmm. there's an issue with them, then it has no business. And so the regulation of those things is what he's worried about. He's not worried about himself being regulated as much as, hey, I'm a, I'm a marketplace, I'm a buyer and a seller, and there's rules for that. And mm-hmm. you know, people have to, you know, to have accounts and everything, protection of privacy. Regulation for that but is now regula- independent of what correct, cryptocurrency Correct, correct. He's basically running like a Robin Hood for- That's what I called it last, for, yeah, exactly. For cryptocurrency. The, the pros of regulation on cryptocurrency mm-hmm. is that it is a new medium, and I believe that there is a lot we don't understand and need to do, number one. And number two, we're, we're, also, we're actually trusting the technology sector that the privacy and any of the things that can happen underneath it mm-hmm. are working. And so I, I think there needs to be you know regulation underneath 
on all of the people say, oh, don't worry about it. It's on the blockchain. It's a, da, da. Well, we don't know how. Do we know? Do we have a do, does the FBI have a division that completely understands all the ways that maybe you can manipulate the blockchain and cheat honest people? Probably not. Probably not yet. Yeah. So do we need regulation and laws to make sure there's guardrails and everything on there to protect people that are investing in it? Absolutely. That's the pros of regulation. The cons of regulation is this is politicized and the fiat currencies are threatened. And so inside, oh, we need to regulate it for the safety and the, uh, you know, the integrity of the system and to protect the individual investor. There's also political things out there. There's a lot of people that don't particularly, you know, want this to be competing with currency bases. So, you China. know, you know, you know, what's got to be frustrating is to the billionaires who became billionaires through business and the stock market who don't believe in crypto. They got to be very upset right now because a lot of those guys are getting threats from guys who are skaters. <clears throat> who are about to be billionaires and are like, dude, you're not a qualified billionaire. And they're about to become billionaires. Many of these guys are about to become billionaires. Yeah. And, and, the, and the billionaires who went to the right schools, they have the right last names, they did it all the right way, and they got picked up and they made all them. Nothing wrong with them, more power to them. I salute a lot mm -hmm. of these entrepreneurs. But it's gotta be tough for some of these guys to say they were so anti-crypto. I've never been anti-crypto, I've been it's regulation is eventually going to get you because I know how politicians work when you become too powerful. You know, it's really interesting you say that, but I see history repeating itself here. And I know crypto's got a lot of regulation. There's a lot more to it, and it's competing with currency systems. Yes. But there were media barons that were saying the same thing about Jerry Yang at Yahoo and about Steve Case at AOL. Yep. Oh, these guys have just That's gone true. from zero to 60. That's true. And now they're media guys that and everything. That is so true. Oh, gosh, they didn't do it the way we did yep. it. We built this thing up. Yep. Channel by channel, Walter Cronkite and all this stuff. And these guys come out of nowhere and they're billionaires. Absolutely. And Same I, thing is happening today. Yep. It's tough. It's tough when you get a newer wave that's coming in that's like right now. How many people are right now saying Steph Curry is the most exciting player in the league? A lot. A lot. Yeah. They're saying he's the modern-day Michael Jordan ahead of LeBron James. Yep. That's what's trending today. Mm -hmm. He's the most exciting player. They're not saying he's the greatest. They're saying yeah. the, he is the most exciting player in the league right now like Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. How come they're not saying LeBron? Because LeBron's not as exciting as Steph Curry. Why? LeBron's big, 6'8", jumps 41 inches. He can dunk. He's like a linebacker, 285 pounds. Steph Curry is Bitcoin. Because Steph Curry's the way of winning is shooting 11 threes yesterday in 29 minutes, scoring 43 points, and the night before scores 50 points, makes 10 threes, passes Will Chamberlain, but he doesn't dunk the ball. No. It's a very different game, and attention's going in a different direction with crypto. Mm -hmm. And some of these guys that have forever been the main guys going on CNBC, MSNBC, all these plays, they're like a little bit less being called upon than the other guys are. So make a prediction, because you've been talking about regulation, regulation, regulation yeah. for, for Bitcoin and crypto for a while now. Where yep. do you see this going? I think if, uh, if uh, you study history, politicians eventually figured out a way to create laws mm -hmm. to impose themselves on those who are entrepreneurs and different thinkers. That's correct. They eventually mm -hmm. figure out ways to create laws against them. And guess what entrepreneurs typically find a way to do? Entrepreneurs and innovators typically find a way to go around them. Yeah, of course. And this happens, this is a battle that's going to happen over and over and over and over and over again. And guess what majority of people hate in the world? Do majority of people love billionaires and millionaires or do majority of people hate them? More on the latter. More on the latter. So what, what do they vote for? Do they vote for leave them alone and let them keep creating or do they vote for, hey, do whatever you can to create more restrictions for them?
And that, that so, is that and, is sort of the fickleness of the average. Yeah. The fickleness of the of the mob goes like this: they cheer for you as the underdog, but if you win the game and host the trophy, now they don't like you. The guy says, "Give PB, give KD some love." <laughs> it's tough to give Nets some love, man. They're, but it's an all-star team hey, going into the what finals. I was looking at, Pat. I'm sorry. Case warrior. study. I know you got a Coinbase case we, study coming up. But, but we have a Coinbase case study that we did two years ago. So go back and check on that. And we're going to do a follow-up on value awesome. By well, the way, Kai told me yesterday. I showed the text to you. Kai told me yesterday your Disney case study is the best one he's ever seen. And I came out yesterday. We watched your Ducati case study last week on the drive to Miami. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Where do you see, if regulation does come in, Where do you, how does that affect the price of Bitcoin specifically? That's a great question. It depends what kind of regulation they impose. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but to be honest with you, I don't think by a lot. I don't think by a lot. I you think, don't think regulation will affect I think crypto is going. I think crypto is going. I, I think crypto is going to go and do what it's going to do, but regulation is yeah. going to come. Some parts of the sector yeah. of crypto is going to take a hit. I don't know which one it is. Right. Because you have to think about how will they regulate? How? From what mm-hmm. angle will they take it to be a pain in the butt for the crypto community? What angle will they take? What angle will it be? No one knows. Well, and you know, it all comes back around again. I mean, the, the banking... Banking is here to make money, loaning money, right? The core of banking makes money doing that. Nicola just commented right now, gave five bucks saying regulations are coming. Ripple is on a lawsuit right now with SEC right now. This will be a good good for the entire space. Keep an eye on it. There you go. Yep. Go back to 2008, right? What was the problem in real estate? Qualification standards were too low, right? Nina, no income, no problem, right? Yep. (laughs) And um, now you have real estate prices are even higher than what they were. And the interest rate is a problem, but no one's talking about there's also the adjustable interest rate sitting at two and a quarter to start. What does it take to double that? Five. That's not a big jump for interest rates, but that would basically double those mortgage payments. And yet they were saying, oh, we've cleaned the whole thing up. The qualifications are different and everything. No, you know, people are being qualified still on the front end. The argument on adjustables is they're qualifying people on the front end, the payment on the front end, not the payment for the potential. And so you're, you're, you, you follow that? You mm-hmm. let the back-end ratios be way too heavy. On the adjustable mortgage. On the starting say. point, and you don't say, listen, I'm going to qualify for this based on the starting point plus a point and a half. That's what I'm going to qualify you. Remember, they were talking about, we're going to do all these things, make it safer so people can't accidentally get into bad mortgages. Wrong. The banks want to give up mortgages. Wrong. They want to loan them out. And we may not be doing Nina, but we've had other ways that we are out there loaning money. And as your point is, capitalism finds a way. Did, the did market see, finds a way. Did you see what Peter Thiel said about crypto and what uh, he said about China? Yeah, he said that it's an enemy. And he says, yeah. and they're in bed with Russia and China kind of thing. Yeah. Who's in bed? Say it again. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing, but Peter yeah. Thiel said continue on that because I only saw I scanned it. I did not dive in. Yeah, he he was uh, he was saying China is going to use crypto in a way to uh, uh, bring the fiat currency down in the U.S. to manipulate the fiat currency to bring it down in the U.S. They're going to use crypto to do that. And, Go remo- ahead, and remove the dollar as the reserve currency. So actually trying to attack I, that. Yeah. Billion percent believe China would want to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's why sure. would why would they not? Well, I thought you'd think highly of China. So for no, I don't know. Okay. I don't, I'm not that CCP. Don't. They don't do it for me. No, after that economic forum right there, no. Okay, all right, sounds good. Any story you want to go with? Do you, do you really want to touch up on that Elon Musk? Story? I do, and I also want to also just we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Bernie made off with your money. Has died. Do you want to go through that story over the so Bernie made? I'd like story. to do both if we have time. There, Let's go through. Is there any really nine minutes? Is there anything okay, really like there on Bernie? 
I don't think there's really anything I there. I thought but the story was over and there. he went to prison and now he died of kidney failure. Yeah, Bernie well, Madoff, Wall Street financier, Ponzi scheme, died at eight, 82 years old. The financier developed close relation with major players in the financial sector and, sector and used his network to spark what became the largest case of financial fraud in U.S. history. Wealthiest financiers were drawn into the business seeking a prestige that amounted with Madoff's firm. A garnering of new capital kicked off uh, Madoff's Ponzi scheme. New investment would pay off those having already joined, and new clients were encouraged to tra- attract more investors. The Madoff was, uh, Madoff was arrested in New York December of 2008 mm-hmm. after a whistleblower who was later identified as one of his sons said mm-hmm. the financier was failing to pay $7 billion to his clients. You sound like you have some no, I, I So I entered the financial sector in 2006, 2007, and this is all they talked about at that time. And, and well, in 2008 happened. Bernie was the talk of the town, and this was what's going on, and people were trying to get their money out. And In the middle of the mortgage crisis? In the middle of the mortgage crisis. And I, and I was in an industry that was definitely the Wild West, and there were some shady players. You, you met with some of those guys down yep. in, in Waco, Texas, and my firm this was This is definitely, life settlement, to be yeah, clear. Exactly. Life settlement. Yeah. Exactly, life settlements. Um, and there were some shady players in that, and, and it taught me that... Um, at the end of the day, no matter what you do, the truth will come out. And at the end of the day, when we're all, you know, leave this earth, the only thing you'll have left is your legacy. And what's the legacy that Bernie Madoff has? Like nobody, if your last name is Madoff, you need to change your name at this point. So let's look at some other people that, you know, around that time have had a fall from grace. Bernie Madoff, Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein. All these guys were making millions and billions and ridiculous amount, but low key, they were complete scumbags. And at the end of the day, the truth will come out. So my challenge to our friends out there, and I assume that 99% of them are doing good things and reputable things, but to the 1% of you that are ripping people off with crypto or doing shadier things, the truth will come out. You will get caught. And like Madoff, it might take you freaking 40 years, but you're going to die in jail and it's a sad situation, and the I guy's just, a complete I just tell you, scumbag. I just tell you one story. You know, when, when you do things like this, my concern is the following. So Madoff is not a common name. It's not like it's Jones or Johnson right. or, you know, whatever it is, right? Madoff is a very unique last name. Who takes a hit when a man like this screws up? The rest of his the family. The kids do. Yeah. His son committed suicide, suicide in 2008. You know, he yep. left a note on the table. You know what he said? Here's a note he left at the end. Bernie, now you know how you have destroyed the lives of your sons by your life of deceit. F you, Mark Madoff, and then he killed himself. His son. That's the tragic part of the story that breaks my heart with the kids. That's the the main thing. The money stuff, we can't get away from con artists. By Mm -hmm. the way, the people that were involved, Kevin Bacon was in it. Katzenberg was an investor. Mm -hmm. Sandy Koufax, not not they were part of it. They were like, yeah, here, manage our money for it. They lost money. These are are smart people that that took a hit for this. But the one that concerns me the most is his son who grew up admiring Pops, and then this is... He kills okay. himself. Heartbreaking to, to say the least. Disgusting. Heartbreaking to say the least. Disgusting. Anyways. Well, he's definitely in so, hell. Uh, uh, so, so there's a Bernie Madoff story. Do you want to go into the story with uh, your friend or no? Well, we got five minutes left, so six minutes left. <laughs> so let's go into it. So so, okay. so let's go into the stu- story of Elon Musk. Elon Musk's girlfriend, Grimes, shares topless video of her alien back tattoo and details very elaborate design process. Kai, if you want to pull that up, a business insider. So I, Adam brought up the story. He says, I swear to God, if we don't cover this on the podcast, I'm going to lose That's my it. mind. Quit. Okay, so the musician, 33, real name Claire Elise Boucher, unveiled her beautiful alien scars tattoo, which covered her entire back. It is little wonder Grimes was given a nod to extraterrestrial activity, given her recent voicing of plans to relocate to Mars after she turns 50 to help erect a human colony and her partner, 
The world's richest man revealed an ambitious plan to get humans on Mars by 2026, seven years before NASA aims to land astronauts on the red planet. Mm -hmm. So what, what do you think about that? Like, what reaction did you have to this? So here's my reaction. And 0% of my action actually has to do with Grimes herself. Because if she wasn't dating or the baby mama of Elon Musk, it would just be a weirdo chick that does stuff like this. So kudos to her if she wants to get tatted up like an alien and be all certain to uh, anime and all that stuff. Good for her. But what this does is gives us some deep insight into how Elon Musk thinks and what he's doing in the bedroom and what's going on in his mind. And basically, here's my opinion on uh, our friend Elon Musk. The guy's worth a hundred and something billion dollars. Shy he's, of 200 billion. Okay, so the guy's killing. He's on top of the world. Arguably, him and Bezos, the top two entrepreneurs on the planet. He's had some gorgeous women in his, in his life. He used to date Amanda Heard, who was... Um, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp's ex. So he's had women. He's had fun. He's had money. This is why he's so obsessed with space and SpaceX and everything that he's doing with that. Because he's done everything on Earth. And all he's about at this point is having sex with aliens. And he's turning his girl into a freaking alien. And they had their son. The kid has an alien name. That's X-E-J-B-D, whatever the hell it is. Elon Musk. I'm coming out and saying it. I have all... Amazing respect for you. Elon Musk fucks aliens. I said it. There it is. He, he's doing it. He wants to do it. He wants to travel to space. He's had so much success in his life. He's so, at this point, all he can focus on is otherworldly things like banging aliens. There it is. And Whoa. I'm out. And I'm out. Whoa. And I'm out. Did you eat some burritos this morning? Show some pictures of them together. Let's get it. Let, all I got to say, hang on, hang get on. Get on the ball on. here. Stay here, Kai. Stay here. This whole story is BS because Senebet David drew that to me and handed me that piece of paper the last time I was in town. So meaning it doesn't even look like a tattoo. No, it's Senna's like picture. And the real question is how'd they get it? I'm more worried about email security on your server because your daughter drew that and you gave it to me. She was so Kai, happy. Other pictures, other pictures. So you People don't think that's a real tattoo? No, I'm, I'm doubling down that Elon Musk is looking to get to space to bang more aliens. There I said. I don't know. But there's, there's just no... Okay, she's normal in that. I mean, picture. there's nothing to it. I mean, it see, didn't look like anything. See more, see more pictures. Yeah, pull that one up, big screen on the top right. This guy could have any woman in the world, and he wants to bang an alien. This is what I'm saying. Oh, you're so funny. Could Elon Musk not arguably not let have me, any woman me, in the world? Let me, let me could add, he not have any woman oh in the gosh. world? Can he have any woman good, in the world? Meaning, good-looking guy, worth yeah, a bazillion absolutely. dollars. Sure. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. So why is sure. he? Why is he? You know, with an alien. Yeah, did you ever party with any friends that were into different kind of girls than yes. you? Yes. And okay. I'm like, what the hell are you doing, bro? Yeah. This is what I'm at. This is. I don't want you to just tell us, what is your type? So if this is not your type, what's your type? Tell the world what's your just type. Guys, let's try to help out Adam. Conventional, beautiful women. Conventional. Very you know, specific. Conventional, beautiful more, women. More brunette, brown eyes. I've done the blonde thing for many years. I've never had sex with an alien. I don't plan to. Um, so you can't even... Answer yeah. the question without I just going said back it. to Beautiful, the Beautiful brunette, brown eyes, just conventional. So Sophia never Loren. once you hooked up with an illegal alien. <laughs> Not down in Miami, I'm sure I have hooked so up with a lot that. of. Watch your language. A lot of illegal that. aliens. Yeah. There's a Venezuelan. There's a Peruvian. There's a Colombian. There's great. Adam, but I'm not looking for anyone from. Um, Mars. Mars. No, That's not in I'm not your trying to bang plans. a Martian. Okay, like Elon. Right. Well, folks. Sam, Sam, can you take Adam minus 100 percent, please? <laughs> <laughs> Folks, let's what, ask the crowd what, if they're I just, into her or not let's ask our audience we got a minute or so left 
Let's see what's going on here. I see a lot of people that are agreeing with me. This might be the first time ever that people on the Valuetainment PBD podcast. Listen, if you're with are Adam, to me. I see a more lot. power to you. I see you, a lot. There's, so there's one or two things on my mind. Right I see now. a lot of laughter. I see Adam's right. I see a lot of thumbs up. Elon Musk could have any girl in the world. He's choosing to bang an alien. Okay. I right. saw a comment that uh, says Soy Boy Mafia goes after PayPal Mafia. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Fair enough. All right, hey. So after we get five, close. five cups We're of coffee. Remember, not today. Five this stays until cups of we get to. And by the way, once again, and the record so wasn't set. So wasn't it's set. it'll be another time. Damn, hey, Kai. yo, no, we, we were trying way, to drink. We didn't even show the video of the Bitcoin guy. We didn't even get a chance. Can to we have maybe, time for that? No, we do not. We got it. We got, but we'll maybe show it on Thursday, and we'll cut it up even better. So we show. We'll release it. Thursday or Tuesday. Uh, today's what? Today, today's Thursday. Oh, today is Thursday. Yeah. Now, are we doing Tuesday? Who do we have anybody on Tuesday? Or, uh, any specific special guest next week? Or uh, what do we got next week? We might have a special guest, but it's not, it's not oh, 100%. And that special yet. guest is a big special guest. We're excited about that one. That's going to be eventually, but it may be this Tuesday flying out here. Okay, all good. Well, stay tuned. We'll do it again Tuesday. Gang, please subscribe and click the notification button. Even if you think you've already subscribed, this is a different channel. So when the podcast pops up, we alert you. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.